1: We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things episode 143, sponsored by our friends at Manscaped. We're doing our quick intro with good old Manscaped as well as our Patreon before we let our guest on. Uh, so, without further ado, Cinderin. Like I said, the episode is in fact sponsored by our friends at Manscaped. Splish splash, I was taking a bath. <laughs> Look at your face. And I noticed I have beautiful balls. I'm sure oh. I'm sure our guest is going to be really happy to know that he is. He's not on yet because he's waiting for this intro to come up. <laughs> Our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in below-the-waist hygiene, are turning men's shower dreams into their favorite routine with the all-new Ultra Premium Collection. This all-in-one hygiene, skin, and hair bundle is designed to upgrade the everyday man's shower routine from head to toe. Your skin, hair, and balls deserve this. Save big by going to manscaped.com, and if you want 20% off and free shipping, insert the code We say things, and you can see right now I'm holding a bunch of the beautiful products let's see we got body wash we got body spray we have deodorant they have chaps they have everything now literally everything you would ever need for clean cleanliness not just get manscape chocolate i I don't think they've made anything edible yet do not eat your products
0: that that might be uh an avenue to explore i would definitely it it, If you ever made chocolate just you know hit me up Great
1: suggestion, Cinderin As always, that's why you're the co-host of this show. Uh, and without further ado, let's give thanks to our beautiful patrons in the InBruge tier. I'll let you take the first half, Cinderin.
0: Absolutely. First off, we've got... Sharon, how many weeks are we going to do this? Purchasing a- the InBruge tier and hope you will promote my Steam game 4Play Chess available to wishlist now. I have no shame. Could not change my name last week because of COVID, but since I'm not Artifact, I survived. <laughs> Too soon. Bovalicious, well, stop the war in Ukraine. This is madness. Please donate to the Ukrainian army. Roundy three. My name is not Oswald Chesterfield Cobblepot, Batman. It's dot, dot, dot. Games for falling asleep thinks Dota could have billions of players if it were aggressively marketed. Wow, that's an increase. It was millions last time. That's right. That, that is insane. Uh, Disco Farm D, Vincent Darksey, Hakuna Matata, Commander Donut, Chakar, still an asshole, Milan, Miami, the mega pope. Nice to meet you, Shannon, Prince of Adult Diapers, Scott and TI in New Zealand.
1: Thank you. Also, thank you to Zan Xavier, Nate Thicko, Zero 01 Ham Scroats, Bacon, Shark TM, Uniquely Marinated Capricorn Testes. Okay, then, Dop, nothing to see here, Underscore Man, Eve Remort. No soup for you. I think we did that last time and I still yep. butchered it, I'm sure. Ben Broomhead fucking hates when he swaps his neutral item and it sends the wrong one back. Suns fan is valid. Thank you.
0: You are valid, Shannon.
1: Thank Congratulations. you. Congratulations. have the wrong capitalization of my name, just like Valve put in the uh, for my voice line for TI10. Pitch black with an aftertaste. The guy hijacking the shoutouts for his game is a... D-H, I hope that's not a... <laughs> I don't know what that even stands for, honestly. Uh, drunk Horse. The first, we'll go with I was
0: think, the first thing I was thinking was dickhole. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's perfect. out to our sponsors at
1: Manscaped. That's right. It's perfect. Anonymous, and last but not least, T-Rex lived 66 million years ago. Stegosaurus lived 155 million years ago. The gap between them is a 16 million year greater than between Rex and present-day neibling I actually did know that one and it's crazy to you think did. about that they were not the T-Rex and Stegosaurus didn't live together. Isn't that insane? And they all had feathers, Syndron. Even
0: crazy. But now we I do know. have T-Rex, but it's uh Slax's son. So that's the true. second iteration is
1: He is might grow up about. to
0: be just as big. We'll see what he feeds him.
1: Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's our intro. Let's get on to our special guest. Okay, and welcome everybody to episode 143 of we say things we have a very special guest today he is a four-time major winner legendary captain tal aka fly greetings friend how are you doing hello okay you he like has that. frozen okay well oh. Oh, oh. <laughs> am i good <laughs> you are good now I thought you were okay. just giving me the stare down, but uh, I'm just a laugh.
0: Uh,
2: I am in the Caribbean's right now, so, I mean, the internet should hold, but okay. anyways, it's good to be here.
0: That's a great intro. Yeah, that, that's
1: yeah. that's terrific. We're going to have a lot of those probably in
0: this episode. Okay, so if you
1: guys haven't uh, joined us for a guest episode before, I'm going to, it's kind of a different format, but uh, to kind of break the ice, so to speak, Fly, I'm going to give you a rapid fire initiation, so I'm going to give you two choices but quickly, you got to just answer, all right? Answer real quick. First thing, okay? <laughs> Sit-ups or push-ups? Push-ups. Dota 2 or Heroes of New Earth?
2: <laughs> Dota 2.
1: <laughs> Dogs or cats? Dogs. Cake or pie?
0: Cake. Okay, you got one correct, the last one. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's just the only one Shannon cares about, so you're fine. That's true. Okay, okay. That's, true. that's the one that's there every time. <laughs>
1: Uh, okay, so typically uh, the guest episodes, we kind of just talk about the guests, uh, their life and all that good stuff. And obviously very excited to have you on the show. So without further ado, tell us about uh, your early life, let's say. Little baby fly, little kid fly. Did you go to school? <laughs> Did you have any work stuff before gaming, all that stuff?
2: Uh, so yeah, I, I went to school. I grew up mostly in Israel. I was born in Canada, but I moved to Israel when I was about three. Um, so I lived most of my life there, just regular school stuff. Um, <laughs> I did ha- have a short stint in McDonald's for literally one day, trying to oh. to do like actual work, uh, and then I quit. So besides that, I don't think I did anything. That's... I delivered newspapers for like two weeks.
0: That's
1: still more work than any pro player I've heard of, including Cinderin.
2: So...
0: <laughs> I worked for a,
1: a week, Shannon.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, was... actually, actually, even more than that, but... This isn't about me. so Yeah, nobody
2: cares. Go ahead, Fly.
0: Yeah, I just want to correct you when you're wrong. (laughs)
2: Um, But yeah, mostly growing up, uh, my dad has kind of come from, you know, sports. Uh, He used to train like judo champions, jujitsu champions, UFC champions. Uh, So I did have that in my life where I did mostly judo growing up. I, I competed as well as like a young kid um, and he also had me doing chess so I did all that good stuff up until maybe I was like 12 13 and then um, I started playing games more so I had that in my life as well uh, growing up so I think that's where a bit of my competitive side comes out
1: that yeah seems like you actually have a good were like you at balance talents.
2: how good was I probably yeah. not that good because I was still pretty young I did okay. win one competition as 11 year old old,
0: are you looking to challenge him at chess or something syndrome no but it's always it's interesting because there's like i feel like a lot of the time when people talk about when i was young i played chess a lot of the times like if it's something they grew up with and like you're competitive i was just curious like maybe it was something that you could have pursued but then you discovered gaming like maybe you were like really good like national level or something so i was just curious but
2: uh i don't think i was i think if i would pursue something else it would be more in the fighting world like MMA type of thing, jujitsu. I, I think I was naturally talented for that.
1: Oh. Okay. So into the video game round. What is the first video game memory you have?
2: Oh, first video game memory. Um, I think it started with like those like Mario games. Pretty simple.
0: Oh, good choice.
2: <laughs> um, but the first game I really got into, so there was Diablo 2. Um which I didn't actually have at it in my friend's house and I used to come over and we would play all the time, so that was awesome. Um and then there was Never Winter Nights or yeah, Never Winter Nights, I mean oh. that's the name. That was one of my first like real games that I got into. Hmm. So awesome game by the way.
0: Did um, you play Zelda? <laughs> oh, here we go. Not really. Oh yeah. That's oh, my luck- boy. You're man. so lucky <laughs> you're so lucky, Shannon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Why?
0: No, it's uh we So, okay, so really quickly, we have this thing on this podcast where Shannon is outraged every time I haven't watched a movie, and recently I got outraged at him for not having played Zelda, even though he had an SNES and, like, all sorts of consoles growing up. I was like, that is... and you have played Mario, so I was like, okay, you you must have played Zelda so I can own Shannon with that, but apparently not, so. That's unfortunate. Right.
2: Get wrecked. Apologies. I, I also, I did try Breath of the Wild, and the thing is I didn't really get into it. I know people said how good it was. I hope you're not going to, like, chuck the water out or something, but...
1: No, no, <laughs> not yet. Yeah, is, time he's enraged right now. <laughs> I'm furious. Okay, so these early games, and then I want to talk about the first. Well, I, I guess you should tell me if it was your first actual competitive game, but Heroes of New Earth. Obviously, we're going to talk about this. How did that get started? Yeah.
2: yeah. So before Heroes of New Earth, I played WoW, um, okay. and. I mean, it's you can say you were competitive. And wow, I was like high ranked in arenas and whatnot. And the guy I played with, uh, he, you know, he he's from Sweden, and he told me about this game coming out called Han. And he's like, hey, yo, you should try this out. I w- I didn't play Dota one. Uh, mm-hmm. I did play Warcraft three, but I didn't actually play Dota one. I think I loaded the map once, like the Dota All Stars, and I was like, I don't know what's going on, and I quit. Yep, something like that. That's like ninety percent
1: um, of the people for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah, so that that happened, and then yeah, my friend through WoW, he told me about it, and then uh, I tried tried it out with him. First hero I played was the equivalent of Luna. was Moon
1: Moon Queen, yeah, yeah, nice.
2: Yeah, Moon Queen. <laughs> so, <laughs> Wait, what was what
1: was different with her versus Dota? There was something that was like quality of life. There's always every hero had a quality of life thing versus Dota.
0: And then he doesn't know he didn't play the game. Why are you asking him? He didn't play no versus Dota two even. Oh well, you said yeah. Dota. I mean same thing.
2: Yeah, I don't even remember. She was she was almost an exact copy. Just there was probably something different. Yeah, something. Slight. Um.
1: Okay, go but ahead. But that's how a better Star turn rate. True. That goes to that <laughs>
2: That's true. That's true. I didn't like her model though. She was like a bug. Yeah. Kind of like a bug it movie.
1: wasn't the best. But Slardar was a bug, and he looked awesome. Way better.
2: Pestilence. Pestilence, he was cool. Yeah. Exactly. He, he had a cool model. I, I like the stun when he's like brings it out of his carapace. That was cool.
1: I mean, every um, animation in that game was better than Dota. Not to go off on a rant again, but it makes me so angry that uh-huh. everything was better with that in regards to animation. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. So that just started. I, I started playing Han. I, I fell in love with the game. Uh, I played it nonstop. I would skip school to play it. You know, <laughs> like I just did the, the normal gamer stuff these days. Um, and I didn't really have any ambition to be competitive or something because it didn't really exist. You know, like you would have tournaments for mouse pads or like $1,000. So it's not like something you really strive to do, but I just really had fun playing the game. Um, and I met some people along the way in like my pubs, uh, namely a guy called Nova back then, Yasha. And uh, also No Till, I met through like pubs and uh, approached him basically like, hey, you want to like start playing with each other? Like, just. For fun, you know, type of thing, and it kind of snowballed from there. Where um, a guy that used to work in Fnatic uh, as a general manager he scouted us, like I don't know, he kind of did like a side project because back then Fnatic actually had a Heroes of New Earth team with uh Trixie and some other like Finnish people, so he kind of scouted us. Uh, His name is uh, Danny or Danjel Ramos, awesome guy, uh, and we were like his side project, basically, like he would help us get into like these amateur tournaments. Uh, and eventually uh, he brought us into Fnatic, like the three of us, myself, Notel and and Nova. So that's kind of how it started.
0: Okay. And then who did you merge with from Fnatic at that point? Trixie and?
2: Trixie and...
1: Dude, I've been trying to think of this fifth fresh name. Fresh Pro. Fresh Pro. Oh, oh Fresh. Yeah. That's right. Damn. Yeah. Okay. It was on the tip of my tongue. Now the, the person that you said brought you in, I don't know you said his real name, but was that is that Street? Is that the same person?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's that's Okay, yeah.
1: That's 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 good stuff. Okay, so they bring you on to Fnatic, you start playing competitive Han. What was that experience like, not having played really any competitive video games? I mean, wow, we can both agree it was not really competitive on the same yeah. level at least.
2: I do like to say I was rank one and stuff, but then you know every time I get shut down, like you just play. That's <laughs> yeah, fine. Um,
0: it's not easy to be rank one in any game. True. Okay.
2: Thank
0: you. It's it it just isn't. I, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I, I I think it's a challenging game. So you know, mm-hmm, PvP mm-hmm. as long as it's against other players and people are competitive, it will always be hard to be the best. Right. So
2: that's true. Um. So yeah, that was the 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 first real experience I remember was uh flying to dreamhack (laughs) and back then it was like we had to play like we had to bring laptops like Fnatic got us like some some laptops where we would set up somewhere just to play the qualifiers from dreamhack itself and it was like it was really amazing to go there for the first time because i've never really been in a place where there's a lot of like gamers like where i come from you know in israel it wasn't like a very popular thing to do like to I don't know, have lands or anything like that. We didn't have that growing up. It was just me and I had maybe a couple of friends who played games, but nothing serious. So suddenly going to DreamHack and seeing like thousands of kids playing games, uh, it was really cool. It was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun that tournament. We ended up winning the whole thing as well. So I was, I was like, yeah, this is this is so much fun. Even though it wasn't like financially really stable at the time, I was only like sixteen or seventeen. So. Um, it was really cool. So I didn't. You remember actually, which year like, this was? So this was. This must have been
1: 20, 2009, maybe.
2: Yeah, something like that.
1: Okay. So you won your first LAN you ever attended.
2: Yeah, yeah, we won. We won almost every tournament we played in back then in Han.
1: I remember. You guys were Damn. a dynasty. Rank one, I guess.
2: Yes, uh, Kyle might have something to say, although during our lifetime, before we moved to Dota, Kyle didn't really beat us, maybe, I think only once ever. Not yeah, not
1: he picked up the scraps once you guys switched to Dota. It's, it's, uh, it's a known thing for sure. Okay, so I hope
2: you watch this and, and say something.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I'm trying to remember the rest of your roster because so they slightly changed. I think Nova played with you the whole time, right? Trixie, thing moved around a bit. You started as position one, if I'm not mistaken. I'm just going off of memory alone here. Like very briefly. I did a right? l-
2: very, very much in the beginning. I did. I played position one. Uh, and then I kind of moved into four and eventually five in Dota. But uh, we had uh, Kai come in or Hani, and we had Era come in yeah. at some point. Um, so yeah, that was mostly the roster.
1: Okay so again he's kind of downplaying it well i guess he did say you won every land you attended they they were a literal like the definition of a dynasty. they were like the navi in the early stages of dota 2 of han for sure you guys were winning like every tournament uh,
2: yeah uh, and then kyle took over that much comp- <laughs> there wasn't that much competition and also like the whole region thing that was like a big thing back then because a lot of the online tournaments like we would cross over between na or True. we even actually played against an SEA team once, which was absolutely wild. Ninja Boogie, by the way. Um, oh, funny. Yeah, yeah. No it's idea. it's pretty crazy. Like a lot of pro players are, you know, they came from Han, uh, and I'm sure a lot of those came from Dota One. But um, yeah, for the most part, it was just myself, Nova, and No Tail were like the core, and then yeah, with Hani and, and Trixie going an era basically.
1: And what would you say? And this is always my favorite part of any guest episode for somebody that played Han. What do you miss from Han? Give me your full fucking list. Anything (laughs) and everything off the top of your head.
2: Okay. Um, first thing is definitely, I think the original designs they had in Han were really cool. Like the hero designs, like puppet master is probably one of the coolest heroes ever. Yeah. Um, Malekin was, was a a lot of fun. I really like Bombardier, which I guess we, we have a new techies, which kind of (laughs) reminds me of him. True. Um, so I really liked some of those. I really liked how Crystal Maiden played in Han, like Glacius. It oh. felt super smooth. And Crystal Maiden is like, she's the slowest thing in, in you know the existence of the world. So um, that was a lot of fun. I miss also being able to 1v5 every game from mid lane. <laughs> like back then, everybody was kind of bad. Um, and I started out as a mid player back then, so it was just really easy to 1v5 games in pubs for some reason. Man,
1: so. I played a Han game last year, the first one in years, and I picked the Pudge equivalent, Devourer, and I'm, I am I played Pudge more than any other here on my Dota 2 account, 45% winner. I'm a terrible fucking Pudge. I dominated so hard that the other guy thought I was smurfing. Devourer oh, awesome. feels so good. like You hook, and then you can still move while you're hooked. It's, it's amazing, the quality of life stuff in that game. That's... <sighs> I still feel like they could bring like is there anything that is like a even like the turn rates or something like that that you think could would translate fine to Dota 2 just people are a little bit too afraid because at the beginning everybody was like on this slippery slope mentality and now we're starting to get them just they're trickling in you know what i mean
2: Yeah i i think the the slow pace of Dota is kind of what makes it into the game it is because if you if you didn't get punished for those missteps, which was basically Han, you don't get punished because everything's so fast. Your turn rate's super fast. Your spells are super fast. Dodo would just be a completely different game. So I don't think they should mess with anything like the interaction between speeds and, and turns. Um,
0: he also played Zelda, by the way, Sean. Technically. <laughs> Technically.
2: That's, that's true uh i'm trying to think what they can bring from han but it's it's been so long that i don't know i don't really know what was actually better in han if anything besides some of the cool hero designs they had definitely don't bring over the skin stuff that was insane (laughs) like the skins in han like i literally like i looked this up i don't know maybe a year ago i went online to the website and like i checked out hero like heroes of the nerf and i would see different skins for heroes it's like it's a different hero every time you know it would be like a crystal maiden and then she would be completely fired then she would turn into a lizard in the next skin like absolutely <laughs> insane it made no sense
1: i i agree for the most part now there was one the lifestealer equivalent predator had a bunny outfit which was god tier do you remember that one <sighs> instead um, of talons he'd be holding carrots dude that was my favorite skin i, I do game.
2: actually i do <laughs> that was no, some that, good shit those skins were wild man They're <laughs> the game like when Ice Frog left, it was all downhill from there. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's
1: the thing. Like, I don't know if it's like nostalgia, but that first year when Ice Frog was working on it after I switched from Dota 1, that's still like the most fun I've ever had playing a game, personally. Um, it mean, was
2: a lot of fun. I, I love it. Shannon was I a know. pro at
1: CS, so that actually says a lot. That's true. That's true. Like, I'm not saying Dota 2 is not a better game. It is a better game. It's just taken time, but I still have not had as much fun playing versus the first year in Han. But yeah, when Ice Frog left,
0: it was just garbage. Uh, okay, so let's so, talk about that. Oh, go ahead. Quickly, Shannon, quickly. Yes. Okay, so I'm like the opposite of Shannon when it comes to Han because I never played the game. Um, I think I've watched Han twice, and I think both times I watched it was a dream hack, and it was Eurofinals, I believe. Um, when I was there, I think one of the years, or even both of the years, I was there actually playing Dota 1 and Dota 2 the second time or whatever, and I think... In one of them, you played a finals against a team that had, I think it was, what was he called? That uh, was it, Slicks, an Australian player. Yeah, yeah. Which team did he play for? Was that oh, Stay Green?
2: No, it was it was a different name.
0: Oh, it was something with F, I think.
2: Freedom? No, no. It was something with F actually, but I don't remember.
0: Uh, I'm just, their I'm name. trying to remember. But that checks out that that was a finals, right? Because I feel like I yeah. watched two finals. Yeah. So you played yeah. against them. And I think both times you won. And that was... I think the first and the second roster were slightly different. So I think the second iteration was probably the final one. Because I think that might have been like 2011 or 2012. That was probably the final year you played, maybe.
2: Yeah, Um, it probably was.
0: So I, I... so Shannon was like, "What are the things you miss or that you would want to trans- transfer to Dota?" For me, watching that game, I, it's like every game, right? When you don't play it, it looks a little bit like to me. When I watched the game, I felt like animations and everything was all over the place and like really cluttered. Um, and I find Dota to be more identifiable. Do you agree with that, or is that just because I didn't play the game? Did you feel like the design of like spell casting and everything was clean, or uh, was it a little bit? Um,
2: I think it was pretty clean in the beginning. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it got worse and worse over time when they continued to add heroes nonstop without like pausing and being like, how does this hero change everything in the entire game? Mm. Because that's what happens, right? A, a, yeah. a new hero can change everything. So, in the beginning... So what's I something think
0: you don't miss, thing?
2: then? I don't miss?
0: Yeah, what's something um, in one that you thought was really bad, but while you were still playing, that you didn't like and did Dota do a better job? Mm
2: something i didn't miss i think the basically the way the draft worked was was kind of questionable especially when they decided to turn it into a blind i think it was called blind captain's draft or something like that where you would was literally that the official tournament mode yeah at some point it was so they kept playing around with the the way drafting worked and at some point you had to you basically blind Banned things so the enemy couldn't see, something like that. Hmm. And that was, that was one of the breaking moments. Uh so I think they played around with the drafting too much in a very crazy way.
1: I don't um, even remember that myself. You know Yeah, that's
2: kind of when we, we stopped right.
1: Alright, final Han thing. I just have to say, I know you're not a big taunter in Dota. You're you're very low key, but the taunts in Han were fucking god tier in comparison. Am I objectively uh, yeah. right on? <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, the the one with the gunshots. Uh, uh,
1: Samuel Jackson. That one
2: was, that was so hype. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So there were some good ones when you kill them, and then this the sound comes on. It's like your entire screen is just covered by whatever the sentence is. Oh man, there was the unicorn one that was so cringe.
1: The rainbow one, Rainbow uh, Impact yeah, yeah, yeah. was so good. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> rainbow
2: Warrior or something. Oh my goodness.
0: Uh, unicorn, Shannon, I feel like
2: Unicorn stampede. I don't know
0: if tal and i we did the so whenever there's like a new treasure or whatever in dota and we do our podcast we will like at least most of the time we will like rate the sets with how good we think they are and shannon and i very much disagree tal i feel like you and i we will be more like the same wavelength with what's a good cosmetic so i i can appreciate that um yeah, I have, I have ra- rainbows that and just... unicorns don't sound very Han or dota to me
2: uh that's... <laughs> No, no. The sound was just satisfying. I remember that much. The oh, yeah. especially the gunshot one. But uh yeah. I, I'm not a fan of like changing skins like too much where you don't really recognize the hero anymore. I think there's like a viper skin that looks like Dragonite ulti. Uh pretty sure that, Is that the set that, that that's like
1: our that. set? Is that the one that looks like a turtle or is that a different one?
2: I don't remember. Um
1: There's one that's a turtle that it was my idea and it's our set, so don't talk shit about it, Fly, okay?
2: I love that set. <laughs> by the way, Everybody. actually, there was there was a cool set. I think was it for Underlord that you guys made?
1: Oh yeah, the Grim Reaper. Yeah, with the cloak. yeah, that's a
2: cool one. Yeah, that yeah, one's really cool. cool.
1: One. Thank you, thank so you. I okay, you get it. So, <laughs> uh, your transition to Dota two because you guys didn't immediately switch. It was it wasn't like that slow of a switch over, but it wasn't like immediate because immediate was like 2011. I remember being at NASL. That was one of your final tournaments, probably. You played against.
2: It, it was probably Kyle's team. Um, yeah, I think that's the only time they beat us. I think. Oh wait, you was lost? that
0: team called Fringe? Really? Was it called Fringe? That does the not sound Australian familiar. Australian team. Oh, was that the name of a player? Damn it! I just thought I had it. I was like, I have it at the tip of my tongue. <laughs> it, that was not. You'll get idea. there one day, old man.
1: So NASL Don't finals. Sorry, the comments
0: will know. The comments always
1: know. Right. Uh, yeah, you were there. Yeah, I was there. I met you guys for the first time. I met day. I was actually really nervous to meet day nine, and I made myself look like a fucking idiot uh i called myself jew nine because everybody says i look like a jewish version of day nine and he did not react well to that uh, and, and i still yeah, have that's a photo not
2: what I, would go with.
1: <laughs> I still have a photo of his face and it it's on my facebook if you want to check it out it's not great so you guys apparently lose that turn which i don't remember that part
2: we got third or fourth i think really? yeah we, that huh. tournament was not good for us for sure
1: and then did you guys dota. switch to dota like right after that or
2: uh it was shortly after I think that was the final land we played. I'm pretty sure um and then yeah I think Trixie had already left for dota at that time, yeah, yeah, that's so right. initially it was just, like switching all of us. we started playing minus Trixie, I think we had era come in or something um and then, yeah, it took me a while to get used to that game for sure, like coming from Han, it took me like at least a hundred games just to actually start enjoying the game at first I didn't mm-hmm. like playing it at all. Yeah. Um and this was this was after T I two. Um yeah. that's when we made the switch. So at the start of the year it was like it was a bit hard to get into, but over time I started to appreciate the game more and more. And uh eventually we brought in Trixie into the team and then uh Nova ended up leaving and it was uh basically yeah, that's the first like real iteration of Fnatic in Dota.
0: I remember uh I remember scrimming against you guys shortly after you came into dota and i remember in the start like just to pu- putting it blatantly and that makes total sense like in the start you guys were just not good but you were just grinding it out you were playing a lot you put in the effort and you improved so quickly um because i remember the first scrims we had were just an absolute cakewalk and we were like man these guys are so bad and then i think we played you like a month later and you had just improved to the level of other teams what do you think what do you think made you guys improve so quickly? Because like, yeah, there's a lot of similarities between Dota and Han, but like not everybody who transferred between these games found that immediate success, right? So was it like the team chemistry? Was it your work ethic? Uh what was it that worked so well?
2: I think back then, since it was like the whole concept of, of competition, esports was still pretty young. Uh we didn't do anything crazy besides just play, enjoy the game and and scrim <laughs> regularly. We didn't do anything crazy other than that. So I think it's a combination of like this specific talent that is required to be good at Dota. It definitely is, is very much the same in Heroes of New Earth. So some people it might not translate as much, but for us it all it thankfully did for pretty much all the players on our team. So I think it was just natural.
1: Were you surprised at all by the the reaction of the community to people that switched from Han? Because <clears throat> it felt like at first, they didn't want people on like, They were very angry with people for some reason. So like, you wouldn't want players playing Dota 2, which is just a stupid concept. And then the term Han trash, which I think <laughs> was an insult before and has now become almost the opposite. It's a con like because everybody that's having trash is, is very good at the game, obviously. Yeah. Were you surprised at all by the reaction?
2: Uh, A bit at the start uh, because I didn't really understand like how tight-knit this Dota community really is. And everybody's very passionate about this game, which which is a good thing. It's a nice way Uh, to say elitist. That's a good way. (laughs) Sometimes, yeah. Uh, I do think people could have been a little more welcoming. um, And it's something we should strive for as a community, like, you know, uh, every time we have a chance to. So it was a bit strange at first. And, like, whenever you look up on either Reddit or on other forums, there was a lot of negative uh comments and uh we were still pretty young back then um so didn't really take it to heart to uh, you know you kind of get thick skin uh growing out of something like that so yeah it, it's okay you know we've moved on like you said now being a is is actually a good thing
0: yeah do you think it worked as like a motivating factor for you guys like you come in you you used to be the big guns in another game you switch games you have to grind your way back up people are kind of almost cheering against you because the game you're from was that like extra fuel for you guys to just really be motivated and prove everyone wrong or do you not think that really mattered and you were just playing?
2: I think it was just a humbling experience just to sort of see the scope of competition that's out there. Like coming from, from Han, we were very dominant and uh, it, at some point you kind of get complacent, right? Like you're, mm-hmm. you're just winning everything. Uh, we were probably going to continue winning you know, there was a high chance. So it was just a humbling experience to change. So I don't think there was anything too crazy about hunger at the start. It was just like, yeah, it looks like, you know, we have our work cut out for us. And just, you know, if we enjoy it, we got to do it.
1: So how, how was your time with Fnatic in Dota 2? Like, what kind of results did you guys have?
2: Uh, <laughs> Not the best results. We had mixed results. Uh, occasionally, we were able to, you know, make it pretty far in tournaments, but we were very inconsistent. Um, I think that was a time period where I myself was not 100% committed, because I was still kind of speculating whether I, I would continue somewhere else in my life. Uh, it wasn't like there was that much money available outside of uh, TI back then. So I wasn't 100% committed. Um, and yeah, just just didn't give it our best. So had mixed results we did make it to every ti though so that was uh one of the big things um we were still good enough for that i think we made the first ti i think we made seven to eighth place which was ti3 if i'm not mistaken
0: yeah that sounds right
2: um and the next ti was was worse for us i was like i can't remember that was either nine to twelve or even worse uh that ti was rough ti4 was was hardcore uh the the whole group stage thing was absolutely massacre i remember that was stressful yeah
1: things. Every team uh, played each other twice or was it best of ones I can't remember exactly it was, what it was
2: I think it was bo ones and yeah some like bottoms X get eliminated uh, it was just it was grim everybody was walking around being super stressed except obviously the top dogs at the time hmm. uh, that was a, that was a rough TI uh,
0: was it uh, was it TI3 or TI four where you had the whole uh, health situation with era was that like weighing down on you was that the TI4? That was, was TI4. 4? That was
2: TI4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was. That probably yeah, had an influence
0: great. as well on your results, right? That must have been a, a mess.
2: Yeah, so we didn't really know what was happening with ERA at the time. Um, and that's why we brought in Excalibur, Steve. And we played with him for basically, I think, <laughs> either a month or two leading up to TI. And that it so happened that ERA could actually participate in TI. And it was a bit of like a confusing time for all of us. We weren't really sure what was happening. So mm. we ended up playing with ERA. Uh, even though we practiced with mostly Excalibur, and then Excalibur was there as a coach, which was kind of funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that didn't really help because we didn't really have time to practice together. But we were we were just not good enough for sure back then, uh, regardless. So,
1: so I don't know if I'm skipping here. I'm trying to remember the year. I think this is right. So after TI four, that's when Team Secret happened, right? Yes, I'm pretty sure. So original Team Secret was you, No Tail um puppy s4 kuro. and kuro right
2: yes that was gonna happen.
1: and you played three that was a stacked roster talk about that experience
2: yeah so so one thing you know back then especially during the ti three times ti4 as that people talked a lot more amongst each other like players were closer we would actually hang out uh we didn't have dedicated practice rooms for them you know during those times Um, so we just got to know other people better. Like, uh, I remember No-Till got pretty close with Kuro specifically during that time. And that's when that whole situation happened where he talked to Kuro and they had this idea of, uh, kind of creating a new roster of people who aren't necessarily the best in terms of just individual mechanical skill. It was more of a, these guys are really smart about the game. So let's kind of make a team based off of that idea. Uh, so that's how Team Secret came to be. Um, Kuro wanted to play with Poppy, Notel wanted to play with myself, and then, don't remember who brought in S4, but he also kind of joined the fray at some point. Um, so that's how that team was born. Uh, nowadays it's a little more difficult, people kind of stick to themselves obviously, but we'll get to that later I'm sure. Um, it was different because... I just felt like I wanted to try something else at the time and being in an opportunity to play with basically Dota Legends back then, right? You know, like Kuro and Puppy, they've been playing this game forever uh, and he's an experienced captain. So I was like, you know, I'm not gonna... It's not my place to captain this team. Like, I'm just gonna try and do something else, focus just on myself and, and see how that goes. That's why I played uh, uh, 3 back then. It, it was fun in the, in the start because I felt like I learned... I got a new scope into how people were doing things. Like, you know, I, I got a new scope into seeing how Kuro thinks about Dota, how Puppy thinks, uh, S4, like the kind of calls they made, the kind of talks we had about drafting or gameplay. And it definitely opened my eyes a bit more to what I, was, I wasn't really doing. Uh, and this kind of came from, you know, lack of experience. So I learned a lot. Uh, I wasn't good enough as a, an offlaner back then, for sure. Just it's fine, I recognize that. Um, but I do think we were very close to winning a couple tournaments when we did play. We, I think, we finished second in like some Star Ladder, maybe third at some BTS. So we definitely had potential until they didn't you, they said
0: didn't didn't you crush an ESL?
2: ESL, we actually didn't do that well. That was the first Wait. tournament we played, we lost to Vici. Um, I was playing offline razor. <laughs> I remember that game actually. I got I played offline razor and I got tri laned. And that was like my first time playing against like a Chinese tri lane and I was like as an offlaner and that was that was brutal, man. Hmm. Double stun with uh, some I think Black was playing back then. Oh boy. That was a rough game.
1: So how long were you on Secret? <clears throat> it felt like that f- that first year, it was maybe like half. That first half of the year, you were on Secret. Is that about right? Uh,
2: not even half. It was less. I think it was two or three months, maybe. Okay. It wasn't that long. Maybe so three months.
1: Did you? They, they ended up going for Arteezy, if I'm remembering right, and Zai. And Zai. Yeah. Zai. yeah. So you got kicked, and yes. Who else got kicked?
2: Uh, no tail.
1: I thought No till was on the team for a little bit longer after you. Okay, so I'm remembering. He was it. for a
2: bit longer. Then they brought in Misery for him, oh. and then they brought in something like that. And okay. then went to Ortiz's eye. Something like that happened. And then No till ended up joining joining Cloud Nine.
1: That's right. Okay, and you joined oh, yeah. Complexity,
2: I think, right? Yes, I I tried like this little stack in Europe with Weha for like a very short stint, uh, maybe like a month that didn't really work out and then i joined complexity later yeah
1: okay so okay so that same year was complexity and you guys went to ti i think it was nine to twelfth i looked this up the other day yeah, yeah. It, it felt like you guys had a good run i was actually surprised that it was nine to twelve why did it feel <laughs> like you guys had a good run <laughs> am i crazy because uh, we maybe? made it
2: to upper bracket and through the group stage, which is okay. kind of surprising, but yeah, yeah we actually did. <laughs> um, and then we ended up playing EG the first round. And uh, I think one of the games we were kind of in an advantage, like a small advantage, and then there was something happened and we had to pause the game for like an hour and step out of the booths and and like sit out, and that was very stressful. I'm sure Kyle remembers this because he was really stressed out. Uh, and then we came back into the booths and lost miserably. Um I don't think we would have ever really won that series regardless, but I think that also ruined the momentum of like an underdog team kinda having like a small advantage.
1: Right.
2: It means a lot when you actually play on stage. Like you can all feel it like, oh, we actually have a chance of beating this this top team. Uh and when they that that went away was basically all our fire was was kind of extinguished and we had no chance.
1: Were you captaining or was it Kyle at that time?
2: it was kyle kyle was captaining uh i was essentially co-captaining in terms of the drafting stage i was helping a lot but he was the one that that was captaining the team
1: okay and that if i'm remembering i had moon meander uh z free yes and i don't remember the fifth was was zizzy zizzy that's right
2: oh Zizzy, Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah yeah Oh, it's okay. always yeah, funny yeah. when you go
0: down memory lane like this. How many players had like one or two big moments and they just totally vanished. Like, mm. there are so many players that have played TI once, right? It's it's kind of funny that there's like this like small subset of people that just keep coming back year after year after year, qualify, just you know make a name for themselves, keep finding new teams. But there's just as many stories that like end with one attempt, right? And it's kind of it's kind of sad when you think about it that they don't get another chance. Um, I mean, obviously, a lot of it is also down to themselves, right? If they have that fire. But what happened with Zizi, for example? is that Did he just like lose interest after TI, or did he never find another team?
2: Uh, truth is, I don't actually know. Um, he was a nice guy and everything. I don't think he was at the top level like compared to the other players. So I think once it didn't work out for him with Complexity... I just don't think anyone else approached him, and he probably didn't push for himself very hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really keep in contact with him, but okay. um, yeah. He's he's definitely someone that was just there for that one shot and, and disappeared for sure.
1: Okay, so after TI5, OG, well, Monkey Business, into OG. Are, are you aware that you were almost Digital Chaos Fly?
2: I am, actually. <laughs>
1: You guys, almost happened. You guys dodged a fucking bullet. I'll just tell you that right <laughs>
2: <then>. <laughs> Uh I remember. Uh, that was... I think, was it I was in talks with Bulba back then? If I'm not mistaken. That he was, like, trying to get this new team together. And uh, he asked me to join or something. Um, yeah, I, I vaguely remember.
1: Yeah, we, we essentially had the choice between Curtis, Bulba, and the other people you are. Or no tell you and some guy named miracle which nobody knew of at the time so you guys create monkey business uh i feel like that almost started the trend of like getting this very young blood mid player that just crushes like it feels like it's snowball and every team is doing it now i mean if you think of if you think of it like that starting some sort of a trend at least talk about the early og days
2: yeah so how that Team kinda came to be is after TI. Um, No Tail and I just we we were still, you know, friends back then, we talked and we we're like, you know, we wanna make a new team together with like he knew about this miracle guy, so he, he found Miracle Summer. Uh and he's like, I really wanna bring this guy in and then I played with Moon Mander and I thought he was really good. And I was like, I wanna bring Moon in for this team. Uh, all right, we need one more player. Kinda scouted crit. <laughs> Uh, I don't even remember how because go we got to crit. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that team just it was kind of born like that. Um basically taking a shot with some new blood uh and a mix of like different ideas because Notel wanted to he wanted to play carry and he wanted to enable others. That was his idea. Uh which I think was very similar to basically fear back then that's that's similar to how he played with sumail and mm-hmm. you know they ended up winning so that was the initial idea like no till he wanted to enable a mid player uh and i just wanted like to captain a new team like a new squad with him and and bring in some like different elements from the teams i've been on in terms of like play style and drafting and some of the map movements uh so that's how that team came to be and it was it was a very tough grind in the in the start. Uh, we played like a ton of different qualifiers. I think Moon actually came to live with me for a little bit in, in Israel back then, because uh, you know for ping reasons. I think he played on like some my my bad laptop. Uh, it was Jeez. it was pretty crazy. Like Is the that things better or worse? Then I actually <laughs> don't know. Maybe home. it's worse. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember because obviously it was a long time ago. But we played a bunch of qualifiers. Uh, we went we went to like a mini boot camp um for the frankfurt major qualifiers uh or wait was that actually for the tournament or was it for the qualifier don't remember okay for the tournament uh and then yeah like the the frankfurt major run happened and that kind of set everything in place
1: <laughs> yep that was that was quite the run um I mean, this is where, because you are obviously a legend in in Heroes of New Earth, but when you switched to Dota, it wasn't like you did poorly, necessarily, but you didn't really establish yourself as, like, elite, I don't think, at least to many people's yeah. eyes. And four majors with OG, I mean, that, if that's not solidifying yourself, I don't know what is. By the way, I take back what I said. It was Sumail was, like you said, TI5, so that was actually starting the trend in the Western scene, to get, like, these young boys. Yeah. Um yeah. Okay, and Seb was coaching, right? That was a lot of people didn't have coaches. It wasn't like a standard thing at that point, if I remember correctly.
2: That was a bit later. The first time he was brought on was Manila Major.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Okay.
2: Yeah, that's the first time he was brought on. Uh, it kind of happened where we just thought about getting a potential coach just to try it out. And I, like, I just, whenever I <laughs> heard him talk about Dota, I thought he was very smart about the game. So I approached him talked to him about it and then basically uh brought him in for Manila major. That was the first boot camp he had with us. And uh, obviously the guy's a genius when it comes to Dota, so he definitely helped us win that tournament. Uh he he showed us like some new ideas, so which was really cool.
1: So then the second iteration of OG, which you also won two majors. Well, I guess we can talk about T I real briefly with that, that lineup. Uh <clears throat> disappointing yeah. result. I don't remember what the result was, and that was a nine to twelve.
2: Nine to twelve, yeah.
1: So talk about yeah, the disappointment was... of that after winning <clears throat> two of the three. Ma- there was three majors, I think, every year, right?
2: Yes, the we lost the second one. The second one was Shanghai, I believe, right?
1: Yeah. Oh well, you dodged the bullet <laughs> on that one, at least. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, yeah. that.
2: yeah, <laughs> that was that was a mess. Uh, yeah, I, I will say Manila Major is definitely one of the. Actually, both Frankfurt and Manila were were some of the best memories I've had. Not just because of winning; winning makes it obviously better. Um, but those tournaments were were really crazy. Like Manila Major having you know uh, the the dude from Game of Thrones opening the the doors for us <laughs> walking out. That was insane. An absolutely filled arena. Um, were like Filipino fans first time being there. That was that was amazing. Uh, that was so much fun. And I think that tournament we were like heavy favorites. Like we, I don't think we could lose to anyone that tournament. We were like really uh, on the ball, you know. And the Frankfurt one was the exact opposite. We were like basically down in the dumpster. Uh we we kept losing. We we went straight to lower bracket and then we we made kind of a miraculous run. Uh and then almost got, you know, uh, trampled in the end when the entire like crowd just ran on stage and started <laughs> jumping up and down. So those those are like some old memories which are pretty cool. But yeah, leading up to TI, uh I honestly think putting it in simple terms, we, we choked. We choked hard uh, as a team. We we were definitely way better than what we showed. Um, and that, that can happen to any team, right? Like, that that does happen to teams. That happened to Secret at uh, TI5, for example, that happened to them. They kind of choked. Um, and uh, that was like our first experience going into a tournament, like a, a TI, and being one of the teams to actually look out for. Mm. Um, so I think the pressure got to us.
1: Do you think and there's a men- sorry? Do you think there's a mentality yeah. that you learned or that you can talk about about maybe peaking too early in the year because it is a long year. A lot of ter- especially back then, there's a lot of tournaments, and you guys crushed. And we've seen a lot of teams crush during like the middle part of the year, and then when it gets to TI, it's like they're almost burnt out. Sometimes was that the case at all?
2: A bit, but that's because back then um, we didn't really. Understand as much as we do now in terms of how to properly train and what kind of support system you need around you, because hmm. uh, all of these things do matter in the end. Because what you're saying is is 100% right. But nowadays, we've progressed far enough that this is a bit less of a factor. It still is a factor, but not as much. Because, so you know, we win a tournament, we're all like super happy, and then the next major comes along and we don't try as hard, we lose, then we're like, okay, we're hyped up again. But nowadays, if you look at it like you have these consistent matches every week that you have to prepare for, people are now way more organized in terms of how they do things, how they draft, how they talk about replays, how they, they, you know, everything around the team is way more structured. And I think that helps. And back then, we had a bit of it, but not as much as we do now. So what you're saying is definitely accurate, especially back then.
1: Okay. So TI, disappointing result. You guys change rosters a bit. Again, going off of memory. Um, yes. S4 comes in, I think. And Jerax? Is that right?
2: Uh, wait, so that's when... Miracle S4, leaves Jerax and crit leaves. And or Moon. Anna comes in.
1: Oh, wait. Was it three players changed?
2: Crit leaves for
1: EG. You guys uh, kick Moon, Moon that year, I think.
2: Yes. Yeah. And then... Yeah, I guess it was. I thought Miracle
1: and, yeah. left as well. So it was just you and No. Yeah, Miracle left. So talk to me about, because we're going to get to the EG part as well, which is very similar. You guys have so much success that year. And one bad tournament. Obviously, it is TI, so there's a lot of importance on yeah. it. But huge turnover after one disappointing result. Can you talk about how that works? Is it just like a broken team? Do you, like, was there's no salvaging what you had?
2: Um, so roster shuffles are, are kind of a toxic thing in Dota, especially since everything revolves just around TI, unfortunately. Mm. Um, and sometimes I think it makes sense, but for a lot of the times you can kind of stick through it and work on your problems and become better in the end. So it really is a bit of a case by case scenario. Uh, I don't really blame like anyone for, for wanting to leave, especially, because Crit always wanted to play with Arteezy. They've been friends for a long time, and he had an opportunity, and he was like, uh, yeah, I'm just going to go with this. He was like very upfront about it, and I was like, this is totally fine. Uh, Miracle, we actually did think he was going to stay in the team until a bit later, where he ended up going with Crow. Um So yeah, it, it's sometimes necessary, but a lot of times it isn't. Uh, is how I see it, and mm. there's definitely a better way of doing roster shuffles, as as I kind of learned over the years. Um, which I'll get to more uh, more about this later. I think as we progress through the TIs. <laughs> um, right. So yeah, we we brought in basically. <laughs> Anna was a crazy scout because I had just randomly some some guy when I was in China. Some guy came up to me and he was like, "I have this young player that I'm I'm uh, being an agent for." Uh, if you're ever interested, you know, have a look at this guy. And this was, like, months ago when we had, you know, in the middle of the season, I think before Shanghai Major. And then I I suddenly recalled this conversation after TI, and I was like, okay, I'm going to check this guy out. Um, Ended up looking at his pubs and and seeing, like, okay, this guy has, like, potential, uh, you know, Anna, and ended up contacting contacting him. And he also ended up living in my place for a bit in Israel. (laughs) I don't think he liked it there very much, but... um, Similar situation, actually. I guess I had a bunch of random people in my house over the years, but uh, that's kind of how that came to be with Anna.
1: And then you guys went on to win two more majors that year, despite having yep. a huge turn. I mean, that's a 60% turnover rate on your roster. It didn't matter, apparently. So, talk about how those experiences maybe differed from the previous two.
2: Yeah, I think those wins were so. I think that's when they had the single elimination format, right? Like Boston Major. Um, We kind of just, I think one thing we had going that was good for us is that we were very smart at figuring out the game and abusing it to the max. So that's, you know, a lot of teams labeled us as like a team that abuses illusions and like this alchemist. And we actually did. We just abused those heroes to the max. We just figured out like, hey, we can do all these crazy strats around these particular heroes and we're just going to abuse it because it's going to make us win. Um, and obviously, No Till is like a, an amazing micro player. Like, that's one of his strengths as a player. So, we abused those, and the wins didn't feel as satisfying uh, as those other ones because it just felt like there was more weight to like Frankfurt Major and and uh, Manila Major, but still, you know, awesome wins. You know, it's is still it, obviously amazing. Does it
1: also play. feel not as great because after winning the Boston Major, the logo shown? was the digital chaos one do you remember seeing that photo <laughs> <laughs> dc wins and they weren't even in the final
2: <laughs> i actually don't even remember that but now i do. now i know So that's oh man
1: Suns fanned their way to I a victory at the boston major apparently okay, so, so those two majors didn't feel as good that's interesting to hear uh, why, why do you think that is i
2: uh, just the thing is, that, what was even the fourth Major? I'm trying to recall exactly what happened. I mean, Boston, I remember.
0: Kiev, I uh, think.
2: Yeah, Kiev. Actually, Kiev right. felt amazing. Never mind. Boston <laughs> Major was probably the most forgettable one Um in, in all of this. But Kiev Major was definitely amazing because that was like a hard-fought battle where we had no business winning. <laughs> we should have lost that game 500%. Um, but sometimes, you know, like, all oh, it takes is one moment. Oh, Dota, yeah, I
0: remember this game. That was against yes. VP, right? Game, th- game yeah. three against Yeah, Anna Ana was troll or something, right?
2: He was troll mid. I remember, I remember uh, Noto game. was playing Timbersaw oh God. uh Centaur on <laughs> S4. And uh the they were holding our triangle, they were ahead in the game. Uh and then no one, you know, the mid player, he he TPs out while he's on full vision, and then S4 gets like a triple man centaur stomp and we completely turn the game around uh ramses was playing alchemist he went for some really strange build like to kind of enable his od mid because they didn't want to go too greedy but he didn't go to the normal build the yeah. radiance build uh and after that fight we basically completely turned the game around it was that game was wild that was a full full of emotion that finals that was yeah that was crazy
1: so those two major victories into another ti another disappointing result what was this result this uh was that nine to twelve as well, or was it slightly better?
2: Was it, no, it was seven to eight. Yeah, okay. I believe we lost to LGD. I think I want to say LGD. Uh, like was got this eliminated. TI six? No, this seven. TI seven. Yes, so, no, oh. one. Before, yeah, right, right. No, one, Yeah. Yeah, that was. That was. I I just didn't think we were good enough at that. Yeah, I don't like. I don't exactly remember why but we just couldn't get it together. Uh, I think, like, Kiev run is a bit of a miracle run for us, and I think everything we played kind of got nerfed to the ground, and we just couldn't find our mm-hmm. our place again, like, in the same way.
1: Do you or um, any of your teammates, like, do you feel the pressure? At a, Obviously, TI, you're going to feel pressure, but do you feel more so being the team that won two majors, like the targets on your back, so to speak? Like, we talk about this all the time, like a theoretical basis, but is that actually a thing? Like, when you're in the booth, you feel <laughs> a little more pressure as a result?
2: Oh man, you feel, you kind of feel everything at the booth, like inside the booth. It's, it's hard to describe. Uh, I'm, I might not be articulate enough, but you can kind of feel the enemy team when you play against them. You, you, you feel their emotion and if they have fire or if they're playing to lose, uh, you can feel yourself if you have pressure and if you're a type of team slash person that actually thrives off of pressure, which I think a lot of like the best teams or the best players in the world, they thrive when there's pressure. Because there is pressure, especially during t i when you you enter those booths and you sit down and you like you feel it for sure, because even though we tell ourselves you know like don't worry about it, just go out there, have fun, you're gonna feel the pressure it's just gonna happen, it's natural, mm-hmm. and if you are somebody that can use that and become even better, then that's you know that's when champions are born um so it's a really cool thing because doing a game something that can happen that can completely change the mood and the atmosphere for a team, you know that's why. Um, like I was saying earlier, when we were underdogs and we had like a slight momentum, that, that was a huge thing for us. That was fire. That means people are talking more. People are actively looking thing, for things to do on the map. Uh, we're like hyper aware, you know, our, our focus is, is 110%. Uh, so I really think that's, it, it matters a lot. Um, so having a target on your back, going back to your question, it does, you do feel that way, but it's something you can overcome and actually use to your advantage. Um, Going into that, that TI, though, I didn't think we had a target on our backs. I don't think we were as strong, even though we actually won that the previous major. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: so that was very um, eloquent, by the way. I disagree with your assessment that it was not going to be. That was <laughs> fucking awesome to hear. Thank you. I, uh,
0: I, was, <laughs> I was just going to ask. So I think you made a, you made an interesting point. Like, you guys uh, did really well at a major, and then your strategies got nerfed to the ground. You go into TI, you don't really have, like, the same footing uh, in the patch. Do you think that kind of ties into what Shannon was asking earlier about peaking too early? Do you think inherently because of the way patches generally nerf the winning strategy of the biggest tournaments of the year that being a team that wins more leading into TI is a quote-unquote higher risk almost because there's a higher chance that the thing you perfect and that you are better than everyone else at is the exact thing that gets nerfed. And then you need to reinvent yourselves basically whereas other teams might just by chance the thing they're good with is now better. Do you think that's a big deal? or
2: uh, I do. I think, again, over the years, this matters a bit less. But I do think it mattered a lot back then because, yeah, like you said, we, we had a specific way of playing and it, it kind of got nerfed to the ground. Um, and it means we weren't good enough to actually pivot in time. That's one thing that it meant. Like, you know, certain teams right now, they might be able to pull off anything. Like, I look at LGD, they're probably a team that can pull off any of those strategies. Uh, one of the only teams in the world. So that's, like, that's a world-class team, if you look at it right now. I don't think we were a world-class team back then, even though we were able to win so much. We were very strong in one specific thing, or maybe two, but we weren't complete. You know, we weren't 100% complete. So it did actually, now that you say it like that, it does make a lot of sense that uh, it did matter, the fact that we actually won that major and got everything nerfed for us. Uh, for us specifically, it mattered a lot
1: okay so post TI you're gonna have to remind me on some of the details here or all of them in fact because I literally don't remember I don't, did you guys change your roster at all
2: uh yes resolution came in instead of Anna that's right okay I think that was it
1: that was that, Anna's like first of many retirements I believe <laughs> uh okay so resolution fills in and that did not work out very well
2: no what do you we think were the not doing this uh I think he wasn't 100% comfortable in the team initially, Roman, and we didn't give him the time that he needed to like become part of the team because sometimes you get you get in a player and everything fits in perfectly, sometimes it doesn't, and then you have to make the choice of continuing with that player or uh basically changing that player. And I think we needed more time and I think he didn't feel 100% trust in him. Which was a bit of the case back then. So that was that's something that kind of gnaws at you, like you know, like you, you can kind of feel it if there's not 100 percent trust in you. Right. Um, so he was not given the perfect setup for success, I'd say.
1: Okay, and then we delve into what many people consider the biggest drama of all. Uh, I don't even remember how this started. You left the team. Uh, just take me through it from the beginning. I'll just let you take it over. Um
2: yeah, so I'm gonna need one second to think about.
1: Because did Anna end up replacing Resolution before that?
2: No, that was after. Okay, that was later. Uh, but before the me going to EG thing happened, uh, Resolution wasn't really part of the team anymore. He actually got kicked for Seb, basically.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um. So. I think the best way for me to like the way I want to address this is I want to explain a little bit, uh, and then redirect it towards a different, uh, situation. So the way I left the team, um, I handled the situation poorly and I definitely regret how I handled it, but I did learn from it and grew a lot as a person. Um, I think because I've been competing, competing at this level for so long and I am fortunate to have this platform. I want to address that um, something we're kind of familiar with, and that's that there's a line between criticism of a player's actions at the time and dragging it out years later, kind of for fun, you know, quote unquote. Uh, I get the heat of you know what happened, and I understand that when you compete at the highest level, whether it's it's sports or esports or whatever it is, you know, players are going to get criticism. And every time we compete, we are opening ourselves up to the public, and you know some people might look at this and say like you know if you can't take the heat, don't play, and I, I've heard it before, and I do have thick skin, and you need it this, at this level of competition, right? Um, people criticize when they care, so I'd rather they care than they don't, and that's you know that's addressing the Dota community in general. Like obviously we care to, care a lot about our game. Um, It's been about four years, I think, since this happened. And I've tried to move on, but these sort of things the community just won't move on from. Uh, I compete in this game because I love it. I do interviews because I still want to engage with this community. But repeatedly being labeled as a traitor for every match or interview over four years kind of chips away at you. So I think we need to set the bar higher for ourselves and our community. This isn't about which team you're you're cheering for or what players you're a fan of. We can be passionate without being harmful. So that's gonna what I wanted to say about this.
1: <laughs> well said. And I it's weird because I'm just a fucking boomer, I guess, but the reaction to some of this stuff I just don't understand either, like from my perspective at all cuz it's one thing like like I can understand why like, from my what I know, at least, which probably is very little in comparison to what you know. But, like, No-Tail being mad about this, I get that. Like, I can get... Mm-hmm. And, obviously, there's some reason. You can talk about it if you want, but you don't have to. There's some reason you wanted to leave. Maybe it was a toxic at the time or whatever. And The fact that you have not really pulled any punches since then at all, that is, like, the classiest thing you can do. And it's just weird when people just kind of... It's, it's like a sore winner. That's my biggest pet peeve in life. Sore winners. This is why I fucking hate the Lakers side topic. But sore <laughs> winners make me so mad. It's like you've won. I mean, you guys got third. I mean, we can talk about this as well. You got third at TI. You did really fucking well. But it's just weird that it's been dragged out. I agree.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of where I want to leave that uh, for now. I think I said sure. what I had to say. And we can, we can move on to TI.
1: Sure. So T I with EG, you're with a new roster, you guys get top three. Talk about that experience. That was a pretty great run.
2: Yeah. Uh it was the furthest I've gone in uh at any TI. Um it was it was fun playing those games. There was a lot of, of like a good atmosphere. Sometimes when you you know you kinda join a new team, uh there was a bit of the honeymoon phase. And I think that's that's kinda where we were at. Like everybody we don't really know all of our problems just yet. We're we're kinda like just getting used to each other. So we had a really good run. Uh I think we were good enough to win the whole thing. Uh but sometimes you just wake up and it's not your day. It's a it's a bit hard to kind of describe, but we woke up the the final day playing against LGD and we just we just didn't have it. Like we were not there at all. Uh compared to our previous matches, we were not 100% focused, we were not in sync. Um cuz I do think we were actually good enough to win that whole thing. So that happened, but I still had a lot of fun playing that TI. I know there was like the whole grudge match between OG, which was like a lot of uh, emotion filled there. Uh, uh, That match um, was a very close match as well. We ended up throwing that game three like crazy. Uh, They did obviously a good job of coming back into that game. Um, It was was a very exciting TI as a fan, I'm sure as well. That was probably one of the most exciting TIs we've had.
1: Okay, and then the following year, did you guys change the roster at all?
2: No, we stayed with the same roster that year.
1: What remind me what the full roster was.
2: Uh S4, uh S4. Crit, okay. myself, and Sumil and Arteezy Okay. With Pulbo coaching.
1: So that full just I guess you can skip by anything that you don't find interesting, but uh that full year into the next TI cuz that's leading up to TI9 now, I believe.
2: Yeah, I think if there's anything. Uh we made it pretty far in most of the majors but the, the, we were we were kind of a hun- on hibernation mode most of that year to mm-hmm. be to be honest. Uh I think I was still not at that time I wasn't 100% in like the best space like uh in terms of my mindset and I think people were were a bit lazy in general like we didn't really do our best but we still somehow made it pretty far in every tournament kind of we kind of cheated our way through a lot of these tournaments i think uh
1: being an na that made... does help right <laughs> at least at I that guess time that's true
2: <laughs> yeah that was my first full year of being an na player actually yeah coming to think about it um but yeah we did pretty well most of our tournaments we didn't win uh anything but we always made it to pretty much the final day. Uh, which you know, it's always something you want to strive for. You wanna be in the final day. You don't you don't want to watch from the the stands. So uh going into T I nine. Oh man, that was that was a crazy boot camp. That was one of the most memorable boot camps. Uh first of all it was in China, which was crazy. Um big shout out to the team that helped us, you know, waveform. Um they set up a really nice boot camp for us. Uh in China. It was it was very strange. I think we had like ten routers in the room or something. Uh there were like the house was really nice, but it was also the kitchen was kind of infested with cockroaches for some reason. Uh, so I never really went in.
0: Uh,
2: um God. so I had our manager, he like, I I like making my own breakfast, but I was like, I'd rather not cook in there. Can you just make me something to our manager? And he did that. that he was, was
0: like, like, Yeah, I can make you a cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> uh
2: but man, that boot camp was rough. We were we were really bad going into that bootcamp. We were really bad. Like, uh, We didn't put in the work uh, beforehand. Like, We didn't try our best. We didn't come prepared. Because usually when you go into a bootcamp, you want everybody to be like individually ready. So that means playing a lot of pubs, understanding your heroes, your timings, um, kind of have an idea of how you want to play. And then you want to obviously communicate with your team about what you've been doing all this time and how you think the game should be played. So when you sync up, you're going to be better. And we didn't really do that part. There were like some, I guess, motivational issues, you could say. Um, so the boot camp was really rough. Like we, we lost everything in the beginning. But we did actually improve every single day that we played. We improved so that was it was really hard because of all the losing, but it was also really cool to see that we can actually grow from it and we improved a lot. I think that's the most yelling I've ever seen Bulba do during that time. <laughs> <laughs> he got really mad some of these days, uh and how the team played, but we did learn, and we did get better, so like the end result was good. It's just that the process was very, very hard. We played so many games, uh we were having discussions every day. it was like it was very weird. <laughs> I've never had a boot camp like that before. um so yeah, then we go into the tournament uh group stage starts off really rough for us. We almost don't make it. We we did manage to kind of clench it in the end uh, and qualify to upper bracket. And I think we made top six that tournament. Uh, that was... Yeah. We made top six. I think we beat Secret, then I think we lost to OG, and then... Who did we lose to in the lower bracket? Can't remember.
1: Cinder, you're the robot researcher. Uh, I, I don't it was... remember. It's... It was. That's Nigma. a lot of tournaments.
2: I think it was Nigma in the end. Nigma were Li- were they still? They liquid, were
1: Liquid I then, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah, probably.
2: I think yeah. Is this before was... or
0: after Ti eight? It's Ti nine. Oh, it's, if it is Ti nine, then it was Nigma, right? No. no. Nigma have never been to Ti. It was Liquid. Oh.
2: I think they were Liquid. Back Why then. are you
0: asking me, Shannon?
1: That's a good question. Why are you on this podcast? Okay, so. Uh, Top six, still very good result at TI. Uh, And then, and this is the, for me, maybe not other, this is the most interesting year of all. Leading to TI 10, you guys get second place at two majors. That first, wait, the first one was Singapore. Yeah, that was the one where you guys were up to, uh, talk to me about this one. Because your roster changes a bit as well. You don't have Sumail anymore, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Initially, we brought in Abed, and Ramses, that was the initial one. And then obviously COVID happened. Uh Ramses kinda we did want to play with Ramses, but uh and we actually made it to to another finals before we made it to the second place in, in the Germany major uh, against Secret with Ramses. Um and a, after major. that happened. Yeah. yeah, Leipzig, I think was oh. Leipzig. Okay. Leipzig. Um yeah, we actually made second place that to tournament. So we we were good with Ramses. Uh it's just that the COVID thing happened and then he he would you know, the whole online thing for a year. It was hard for him like to see the end result because he he was naturally a carry player. Um and it was hard for him to like have to play these online games for a year or even longer. We didn't know when TI was gonna be uh so we ended up parting ways, even though I think that roster did have like its potential. Um bring in ice Ice, ice and yeah we, we did really well obviously getting second place at two majors um probably should have won the first one second one no but right. probably should have won the first i'm gonna
1: one. quickly interrupt because this is gonna be on everybody's mind the whole bulba thing i think i don't know i mean i've worked with bulb i love the guy i think he's hilarious picking storm, like picking storm spirit literally every game that's the thing people always talk about Can you address <laughs> that to some degree
2: Oh man, I'm thinking because, in a way, I'm also giving away how they think.
1: Well, uh, does that matter? Anymore?
2: That's a, a solid point. Um, I think. This is I, your the best big chance to get it. revenge
0: on bulb. <laughs> Fuck,
2: Bulba. Fuck bulb. As Shannon described earlier, I'm not someone that just punches back. But
1: true. Um, but Bulba is so easily punched. It's almost
2: like it's you're
1: doing everybody a service. <laughs>
2: So the way I I can put it is that Abed kind of has a role on the team. uh, And he's someone who's been very stable at what he does, which obviously, everybody can look at the games and be like, yeah, this guy plays like spirits and puck every game. And he's very good at it. Uh, And that was kind of his role uh, to be able to enable our play style back then um, with Ice Ice Ice. Ice 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 was, he's obviously a very, very talented player. He's very flexible. He was especially good on those like annoying micro heroes like the Beastmasters masters and the brood Mothers and all that um so in a way for our team to function that was kind of what was necessary is for abit to to do his role as like this kind of playmaker um so specifically why storm storm just doesn't lose a lot of mid matchups i think that's one of the main reasons is like you can kind of pick him fairly early it usually goes well with like what Crit likes to play, so he can roam mid, you know, like as air Spirit and whatnot. We we did that plenty of times. I'm sure people understand this by now. Um, so it it just made sense. It was kind of a way to to structure our our drafting to be very stable. And if it's something you can say about EG is that it's a fairly stable team, uh, very consistent, almost always high high placements. Uh, and that's part of the drafting process is because the drafting process is stable, you're going to have usually stable results. Maybe it's not the push that's needed to be a champion team because we didn't actually get first base, but it was good enough to get us into almost every final day of any tournament. right?
1: And I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this question, but <clears throat> the question mark, did it actually have any impact on you guys mentally?
2: No, uh, no at least <laughs> not for me. I, I right. didn't even notice. Uh, I was only told after. I don't know. I was just. I I I usually go into games and I I just mute everyone on right. the enemy team and I just do my thing. I, I don't care about this. Like whenever people spam their their voice lines, you know, I I just don't want to hear it because like I want to just listen to what my team is saying. Mm-hmm. Um, some people use it to try and tilt others, but when they're when you're muting them, it doesn't really do anything. Right. It's kind of chill. Uh, and I will say though, there is a difference between a well-timed voice line to like a random one. Like, I kind of appreciate it when I watch matches and somebody, like, drops in, like, a specific hero voice line to, like, a specific moment in the game. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, that's okay. Yeah, but Thompson's when you just spam good at it, that. Like yeah, a, yeah, Thompson's actually really good at that. He's, he's, he's the really best. Good at that. Yeah. It's almost so, like a I
0: form of uh, art in some ways. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that too. I'm a much bigger fan of that than the taunts and everything. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's, yeah more, so, uh, it's more
0: clever. It's fun.
2: So I'm I'm a fan of that, uh, but not the the random spamming. Even though some people will use it for their motivation, obviously worked for OG in the past, uh, like as a sort of mind game. But like I said, it doesn't really affect me because you just mute them.
1: <laughs>
0: right.
1: Okay. So, so second. Oh, go ahead.
0: Yeah, I have one thing. So you you were saying that like EG's recipe or whatever you want to call it, like lots of high placements, not as many championships, but a lot of top threes. If you could choose between four third places or one first place and three eighth places, what do you choose?
2: We're not counting TI here, are we?
0: <laughs> no. Just let, let's yeah. eliminate that because it's.
2: Then yeah. it's an easy answer. Um, ooh, it's kind of tough uh, because it, like if we don't get first place, we're all going to be disappointed. I think every player is the same. Uh, I'm sure you know it as well. But in terms of how good you are at the game, Oh, man, it's actually really tough. I think if it, w- if it was in the moment, I would choose the first place. Mm-hmm. Looking back at it, I would choose third placement consistently.
0: Because mm-hmm. that's something just... Shannon and I have been talking about, right? Like, we've been talking about what are the like the greatest teams of the last years, and we're always talking about EG as, like, the... Arguably, sometimes the top of our list, even though you didn't win the big tournaments, but you were always like top three contention. Then there's other teams that like win here or there, but then don't even make top eight, and you're always up there. So like, from our perspective, going to tournaments, we always had EG high on the power rankings for that reason, right? Um, so it's just interesting because, yeah, from Shannon I, I think we agree on this, right? Like we considered the last year or the last two years, EG the single best team, right? Even though the championships weren't there. Yep. Um, for th- for that reason, right, and it's interesting because it seems like from the at least from what I'm getting from the community's perspective, they don't consider EG the greatest team of that year because the championship wasn't there. So it's really interesting to hear what your perspective is because we look at it like more from a like pragmatic standpoint. We want to call it like top three is really good. Like this game is mega hard. Winning any given championship will always be super hard. Placing top three consistently, in my opinion, is harder than winning once. That's what I think because you need to always be at a high level of the game. You don't need to like have like this one good month or whatever. So, I think that's really impressive, and I find it interesting to hear your answer on that. So,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, I do think being consistent is a sign of like a, a great Dota team. Uh, that's why in the end, like looking back at it, I would choose third pl- third placements because it doesn't mean you're consistent. And to be the best team, you have to be consistent. Uh, and that's why we mentioned earlier in the podcast, like. Um, you have these repeating players coming back to TI because they're mm-hmm. consistently good. And you have these guys that come in for one time and then they disappear. So I'd rather be one of the consistent guys in the end. Like, I, I do want to win. I have one. And I know I can do it. But yeah, consistency is really important.
1: So finishing off with that year, or this last year, you guys... Were top of my power rankings, at least. And then into TI, disappointing showing, <laughs> 9 to 12. Uh, I guess t- briefly talk about how TI was different than the past. I mean, it was a weird TI as well.
2: Yeah, that was the, from a, yeah, player participating in a tournament, that was definitely the worst TI. And this is not because, you know, I blame PGL or anything like that or Valve. It's just a COVID situation. It was just rough, like uh, having to do everything pretty last minute and basically not having a crowd. I, I think they did the best given the situation in terms of setting it up for us uh, just to be able to play. The The fake crowd was kind of interesting, though. I will say it helped. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it didn't have the same feeling. You know? You're know, you not going to get that same energy that you get from playing in front of a crowd. and uh, Everything was just... Yeah, it was just different COVID situation. What can you do? That's just life. Um, we couldn't really figure out internally how to correctly structure our team for this this TI. Uh, again, this was a bit of a situation of what we played kind of got nerfed uh, a little bit. Like we we abused this. Initially, we abused this necro necro thing uh, for Singapore. Got removed from the game literally. Uh, again. <laughs> entirely blame him for that in a way because that item has been historically one of the hardest items to balance but literally abused that in a tournament should have probably won that tournament item got removed from the game gone to Singapore uh, again we have like our style, we abused certain heroes like Timbersaw, we abused our Broodmothers kind of got nerfed again <laughs> um, and then going into TI there was like this whole new meta that evolved which was it was a much more stable TI, uh, and I think that didn't really favor our style of of playstyle from like the three four position. Um, it favors the teams that played this. So obviously there was the Lycan thing, which is one thing we were very good at, which was always permanent against us. The, the Lycan Tiny, everybody ran it. Um, but this whole stable playstyle with like a Magnus offlane, a Tidehunter offlane, a Doom offlane, like that was basically how all the top teams kind of structured in the end, except. LGD who had like a bit of their own flair in there like that changed up a bit but almost all the teams just just kind of played around that and uh that was not our strongest suit at the time we did try to make it work it didn't really work for us uh we had kind of split opinions towards the end of the tournament which I think ultimately led to our demise um we just couldn't get on the same page which we usually have been able to before we just didn't we just couldn't get it um so yeah, that was that was a disappointing result for all of us. Um and and I guess while we're at it, I, I can kind of say that uh, I wanted to get something off my chest if that's okay with you guys.
1: By um, all means.
2: Yeah, so I I just want to tell you a bit of the timeline of what happened after that disappointing result at TI. Um which I guess is what you were going to ask anyways.
1: Probably, yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. So, yeah, disappointing result uh for us and then this goes back a bit to what I was saying earlier about toxic roster shuffles and how I, I kind of grew as a person. Um, so what I've been doing in the past few years after TI, especially like every, every TI basically, we when you lose and I've basically lost all the TIs regardless of placement, is I want to gather you know my team in the room and just be like, hey, you know, it sucks that we lost. First of all, you know, I try to to see how people feel if they want to share. Usually people still need time to process. Uh, it's a very soul-crushing experience, right? Because we all live for this tournament, literally this tournament. Like, nothing else actually matters in the grand scheme of Dota, even though it's a bit sad. That's just the reality of, a, our, of our system. Um, so I gather everyone and I'm like, uh, I'm sure you know we're all disappointed. And uh, what I like to do is that if somebody wants to leave the team or is thinking about replacing a player or any of these types of thoughts over the coming days or weeks, I just want to be open about it. And that's so we avoid doing more harm later. So in a way, it's like if you have something hard to say, you can tell it to me privately or you can tell Bulba, one of us two, so we can kind of communicate through each other, so everybody's on the same page. Uh, this is just to avoid uh, any more bad situations that have happened in the past, from my experience. This is like the best way to do it. If I don't want to play with this player, I'm going to talk to him individually and be like, hey, I'm, not, I'm sorry, I'm just no longer interested. It's going to hurt at that moment. But it's going to be better in the long run, right? Because right. you just need to know these things. Like, everything happens very fast in this world. So I, I had that conversation with the guys. And then I think Daryl, Ice Ice Ice, and, and Crit, they flew home right away. Abed was unfortunately stuck for a while. I think he couldn't go back because of COVID restrictions. Um, so it was basically myself, uh, Bulba, and Artur, we stayed a bit longer. Uh, and we we talked amongst ourselves, like, how are, how are we thinking after a bit more time has passed? Uh, it was pretty clear that Artur didn't want to play with Ice 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 anymore. And Initially, actually, both Bulba and myself, we both stated that we actually want to play with the exact same roster. Uh, that was the initial feeling I had. I felt like we didn't really get to show our, our best. And I really did like this roster. Like, uh, I love Daryl. He's, he's an awesome guy. He's really good. Um, and I think we just had to do some structural changes within the team and like how we operate, how we, uh, who exactly has like the reins on the team, because it was a bit of a shared power. Um, so yeah, that was, that was what we were initially thinking, both of us, both Bulbo and I. And then Artur said he didn't want to play with Ice Ice Ice. And then basically, we, it was decided right away. That was the only thing that was set in stone is that uh, Daryl is out of the team. So he got told, I think right after TI ended, uh, that he's no longer part of the team. And then everything else was a bit up in the air. We did, we did talk amongst ourselves. <clears throat> Uh, about how it would look moving forward, and the one concern we had is that we've had this roster for a while now. Uh, specifically, Crit, Artor, and myself—we've been playing for a long time together, and this goes back a bit to the point of: Do you want to continue trying to work on this roster that hasn't won, even though we've had we have been consistently very successful, or do we want to try something else? And Bulba and I initially th- felt like we could we can work on this and, and make it work because we've been very close and I felt like we were very strong that year. Um, so that was a bit of a question mark. And then, you know, TINs, people fly home. I fly on to Italy for a vacation with uh, Ebony. And during my time in Italy, between eating all the delicious pizza and ice cream and all that, <laughs> uh, sorry, gelato, don't kill me, please. Um, delicious uh i I was still talking to all of the guys uh i tried to talk to bulba about like what we're doing moving forward and it all seemed to point towards us continuing with the same roster just bringing in a new offlaner and back then i think we mentioned we mentioned nightfall mentioned gabby i think jt was in in talks as well at, at the time um but yeah, during those discussions, uh, it seemed like we were just going to do some structural changes and then continue uh, with the same roster plus a new offlaner. But what I did notice was that when I was writing to our tour specifically, that something was a bit off in how he responded. Because you know, when you text somebody, you usually there's a, a certain way that they respond, mm. uh, and if they change their pattern. That means something is off. I don't know, maybe you guys have that experience with like mm-hmm. a significant other or not. <laughs> that's probably the easiest example when you notice this. Um, but yeah, I noticed something was off. Uh, and I was I was kind of getting stressed about it. And that's kinda Evany he helped me out. She was like, why don't you just ask him? You know, like sometimes <laughs> we just have the problem of not asking a question, which is very simple. Uh so I asked him, like, hey, is everything okay? Uh the way you've been writing is very cold. I think I asked him kind of straight up, if, "What's going on?" Um, and I was reassured that everything's okay. Now I'm just I'm tired from these conversations about different offliners. So I'm like, okay. Instinct, uh, instinctually, you know, like the gut feeling, I still felt like this was something was off. But I'm not gonna push on someone when he's saying he's he's tired and he just said everything's okay. So all right. Uh, Fast forward a bit, I fly to Israel to see my family. I think I haven't seen them since COVID, so it's been like two years. Uh, And this is roughly two weeks after TI, so this was end of October. Yeah, this was end of October slash beginning of November. Um, I get this call from Bulba, and he basically just says that I'm no longer part of the team. And uh, we're bringing in Jerex and Nightfall. So that was, that was a bit of a, a shocker for me, uh, for sure. And the unfortunate part is that the timeline was really bad um, because I kind of reached out after that happened. I reached out to different players and teams and be like, hey, what, what's going on with you guys? And almost everyone has already soft committed or basically signed a contract right. because TI shuffles happen very fast. As soon as a team is out of the tournament, if they're not playing on the final day, they're already thinking about the shuffles. They're already contacting players, contacting organizations. Like these things happen really fast. Um, so my there were very limited options for for me after that happened. Um, so you know, <laughs> yeah, the, that's kind of that was kind of the situation where I was at.
1: Okay. I mean, I guess this is a kind of a follow-up as in regards to I mean, I I always like to compare esports to traditional sports and for the most part Dota is very player centric like players just control the rosters which, you know, it gives you freedom in some regard but it also, you know, ends up having a lot of toxicity as a result because these are young kids mostly we're talking about. And like in traditional sports, it's the general manager that's doing everything, right? Do you think that this is like yeah. one of the major flaws of? It's most it's most likely. I mean, it's just Dota is the big one because a lot of the other sports traditional or esports have more traditional sports models, right?
2: Yeah, uh, it's hard to say because I've never been in the other situation. But I do think it would have avoided a lot of these kind of conflicts. Uh, because in, in the end, it's less about the decision, it was just the way that it actually happened. Right. Because if if it happened after TI, like, hey, you know, we're thinking of playing with some, someone else, and then they'll be like, alright, that's, you know, that sucks, but it's fine, because I'm going to have time to figure out what I'm doing for myself, you know, maybe there's a dedicated time period for that to happen, which is kind of what they're trying to do with, like, the drop period, but yeah, as long as players are controlling it, it's never going to be Done the right way, which is something I was trying to avoid with my whole kind of talk that I give after TI. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do think it could help, but it would also have some negative impact as well. I think I'm pretty sure that's how the Chinese scene operates or has operated, uh, that the team owners just decide a lot of things. Um, So I do think it could get in the way of certain chemistry and certain player understanding. But there, there will be there will be a downside and an and an upside to this. But it's just not how Valve operates, right? It's just not mm-hmm. something they're think, gonna
0: do. Do, do. you think the primary reason? I mean, first of all, I'm assuming based on how you said it that you agree with Shannon. This is probably more a thing in Dota than in other esports. Do you think the primary reason that that's the case is the magnitude of TI? So that the with the entire year being structured this heavily around one tournament. The players want the power so that they can structure the roster that they believe in in the in the moment is going to go far for that versus the orgs like building something more long term. Uh, is it just like an inherent result of that so that structural changes in the let's say for example prize pool distribution of the year or magnitude of tournaments uh, would naturally just gravitate toward a more uh, org centric style or is it just the way players are in Dota in general? Uh, more than the system. What do you think?
2: So, in a way, I think Dota players they can only see up till the next TI. Uh, that's mm-hmm. that's our vision. Um, we don't think further ahead. And I think part of it is because of how Valve structure things, which is basically not to structure almost anything. <laughs> um, but in a way, like when you look at other games, like the orgs they build a brand around players. They Mm -hmm. build their own brand at the same time, but they're thinking long-term. They're not thinking, they're thinking a lot about, they're going to think a lot about TI, but they're going to think about the whole year and what they can do with this team, what content they can do, the socials, do all these things for the team, with the team. And Dota players just don't think that way. I'm sure a lot of players don't think that way. And I think that's a bit of this case as well, right? Like we're just given the power to choose a roster for TI. And then we do the same thing every year. But if orgs had more of a say, then it would be different because they would try to create a brand. And even if a team is not going to succeed at a TI, if they had good results throughout the year, there's a high chance they would just stick to the same roster. Right? Yeah. They're, they're always going to take some input from the players because it does matter in the end like uh, how the players feel. But I do think it would have it created a healthier ecosystem. I just don't know if it's too late. probably is i mean it would be like drastic changes and i'm sure like a lot of this conversation has been circulating for a long time now over the dota structure and that it's it's not very healthy uh for anyone but the team's winning um and it still is the case
1: so piggybacking off of that ti thing how much do you think would change if and this is the idea we pitch everybody (laughs) nobody disagrees (laughs) with us except for valve apparently but Let's say Valve wants to keep breaking the record every year with TI, right? 30 or whatever the fuck it is now. Who cares at this point? 40 something. 40 something. You just increase the cap by $1 each year. So you're still breaking the record. And any surplus <laughs> money is distributed to the majors and other third party terms or whatever the case may be throughout the rest of the year. Do you think that would have a positive impact overall?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean,
1: common sure. sense right uh, I would
2: love that. yeah it's common <laughs> sense i mean when you look at it we're playing this i think pretty much all the players really dislike the the league structure nobody wants to play for six weeks for it's barely any money at least in western standpoint like uh maybe for these southeast asian players like a thousand two thousand dollars whatever it may it may be like from division two is enough to keep them afloat but this is not sustainable for somebody who lives in you know uh europe or america or like certain parts of europe um so it's really it's really difficult to be a dota player uh we we don't have the support that we need uh unless you're a top team um and even the majors they've gotten a big hit because obviously like a lot of the money is going towards these leagues but even majors are only i think five hundred thousand now as a total prize pool which it used to be three million um and sure, like some people did, the, I'm sure people did the math, and like if you combine all the league money and the major money, then you might it might account for more. But
0: it's definitely it's, not more than the three mil. It's, it's more than the one million, I think.
2: So yeah, we're still in the same boat in the end, where it, it's kind of just it's just not good for anyone in, in the end.
0: Mm-hmm. let's, for, for uh, a let's do people. a hypothetical. Uh, I give you forty million dollars from the compendium and now you get to structure an entire year of Dota in whatever way you want, what are you going to do with the money?
2: So I think-
0: How big is spirit, TI and how big are the tournaments how many?
2: I think what I would do is I would, for, in the spirit of Dota, I would keep TI as a as a pretty high price pool. So I would probably look at somewhere between 15 to 20 mil, something okay. like that. Uh, I would have leagues, I would have shorter leagues, so there would be more time for like third third party tournaments again. So I would have I, I'm fine with the league structure into major. That's totally fine. So I think majors again could be let's just go with uh two mil per major, even two to three mil per major, rest of the money goes into the league, and then in between all this time that we're gonna have, just have more uh third party tournaments. And possibly even I I think the regional final thing was pretty cool. In a way, from maybe like bonus points, bonus money, regardless of the major happening or not, hmm. uh, I would possibly have like a shorter league into a uh, nice little regional finals into majors.
0: Oh, um, that's a cool idea.
2: Yeah. So I think I would do something like that in terms of money. So TI is still going to be the goal fair one. It's still going to be really important, but there's going to be so much more money circulating throughout the year.
1: Right. Okay. Uh, okay. Backtracking, just to finish off on the playing career thus far. Uh, Talon, sure. eSports. I mean, it was pretty yeah. brief. You guys were Division 2. I didn't even get to watch <laughs> any. I figured you guys would make a Division 1 yeah. and then i get to watch some, but wasn't the case. So what was that experience like?
2: Yeah, so this goes off a bit from the timeline uh, of what happened with uh, EG, where I didn't have much time. Uh, I, I believe the qualifiers for Division 2 started around November 19 for 18, for something like that. So essentially, I had less than three weeks to figure out what I was doing. And like I said, roster shuffles already happened. Uh, most of the the big teams have already like figured out their rosters. Um, so I was just in talks with, with Gabby in specific. Like uh, I, I always respected him as a player, and I always thought he had a lot of talent. Um, so I talked to him about what he's doing. He didn't really have a team. So like, okay, kind of try to build something off of that. And during all of this time, I, I was... In a pretty like stressful feeling for myself because like I wanted to continue playing, um, and everything happened so fast that I, I wasn't really aware of exactly what's going on. You know, like every day was just like pressure, and I was back home trying to see my family. It, it was a bit of a confusing time. Like looking back at it now, um, so I, I tried to scrap this team together. He came up with some ideas from Southeast Asia. Uh, and I do believe, like a lot of the Dota talent, is in Southeast Asia. Like from where you can find these, you know, the the basically the new young blood in Dota. It's a lot of it is from Southeast Asia, and a lot of it is from the CIS region. Mm. Um, talent kind of came in the mix in terms of like they wanted to pick up a Dota team, and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna do it. You know, I'm gonna try try this out. Uh, this seemed like the best option for me at the time. Uh, looking back at it, and this is nothing to say against any of the players on the team. I think I made a bad decision because I was just not I was just not ready. I should have just taken the time completely skip out on the first season figure out what just happened type mm-hmm. of thing uh and this is in a way you're always gonna continue learning and improving. that's just you know part of a motto of my life but uh and sometimes. During stressful situations, you you need to take a step back and and not make a very important decision during that time. If right. you can, obviously we play Dota, so we make stressful decisions every second. But when it comes to outside of the game, uh, I think people should take the time if mm-hmm. they have the chance. So I should have taken the time. I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. Um, we were supposed to all boot camp in Philippines together, like at the start of the roster. Unfortunately, COVID. <laughs> uh, we had restrictions where the team was split. I was basically with KP in Thailand. Uh, Thailand's really cool, by the way. Uh, both Thailand and Thailand are really cool. Um, they, were, they were very nice, but we, we didn't have, like, ideal playing setup for a new team uh, to gel together. So we basically, I fly to Thailand, we play qualifiers literally the day after I arrive, or two uh-huh. days after I arrive, so we only had one day of scrimming. Uh, it was, we lost the first open qual, we made it through the second. Um, and it was just, it was just rough. Like I said, COVID definitely played a part here in terms of like the setup for everything, um, ended up going home after Christmas or for Christmas break. And then I go back into Thailand, I have a quarantine. And again, we're put in a position where we only had one day of practice because Mm -hmm. we thought we could get PCs during the quarantine, didn't really work out. So it was a bit of a logistical nightmare and like i said i was not in the best place at the time to really understand what i was getting myself into so for all the players on that team you know like uh, obviously like after i left I, I did talk to them before leaving um but i do think they're they're good players and i hope they know that themselves uh like moving forward that they still believe in themselves
1: okay so then we move on to seeing you several times although nobody would <laughs> Acknowledge that you were being seen uh, coaching TSM, I assume, during the regional finals. <laughs> is that right? That was
2: not labor light, believe it or <laughs> not. Um, yeah, so I got home and I was just thinking what I could, could do, you know, to, to keep myself in the space and, and trying to think about things. Uh, unfortunately, the DPC system is not very forgiving towards new teams, like having to play through this Division 2 and through these open calls. It's a bit of a headache, and the thing is, I didn't even realize all of this until I was I was like in that position, uh, which is pretty crazy. I just didn't realize how bad it was uh, for for new teams. Um, so I, I guess I gained some newfound respect for them. Um, so yeah, I got back, and obviously I played with Moon before in the past, and I just I approached him and I was like, "Hey, do you guys have a coach?" Uh, he said, "Nope," and then we just kind of tried it out. We tried a little bit. Uh, before the regional finals i was i was kind of with them for like maybe a, a bit of a over a week uh, i was with them like um online like just coaching them trying it out and then the regional finals like I, I went over there um obviously this was not in an official capacity because t you know they're picked up by tsm and uh tsm wants to do things in a professional manner right so that's why things weren't really announced um things went really well the guys are awesome uh, I have a lot of respect for the players on that team. And uh, the reason I approached them in the first place is because I think they're very talented. Like all of them are very, they're young, they're hungry, super talented, very hardworking. Uh, and it's no surprise that, to me that they won the whole thing. Uh, obviously I was there and, and I helped them in my way, but I do think they're a really good team. Um, so that was, uh, that was an interesting experience. That was the first time I tried coaching.
1: Did it feel good beating EG? Be honest, be honest now
2: yes <laughs> it's not the same as playing for sure right but i did take satisfaction especially when funny enough we did kind of call how they were going to draft in the end
1: uh did they pick storm the... i'm trying to
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah the final game was it was um uh... <laughs> i mean the best thing about it is like moon and i were just talking before the series even started and i was like at some point in this year are probably going to do this and we were right. So right. that was a <laughs> those are one of those like fun predictions, you know, like when you when a plan comes together type of thing, you know, like right. uh, that's kind of a fun th- fun thing. Uh, so yeah, it, it was satisfying for sure.
0: Did E. G know that you were there during the match? Or
2: I think it was leaked because I didn't even realize Tomato was streaming one of the days <laughs> and he had camera on, no mic. And I just I, I just so happened to sit kind of close to him. So I walked by a few times and people noticed. So I'm pretty sure oh, people knew okay. uh, before it even happened. <laughs> so, uh, Bulba is kind of, he's very connected within everybody in the NA scene. Mm-hmm. So if you know, anybody got the news, he would get the news. All
1: right. So I have a lot more written down, but we're going to cut this down a bit. So I have three more things and then we do trivia. Okay. So first and foremost, what else do you have planned for the year? Are you going to be doing more coaching with TSM are you i mean i assume you're still looking to try to play i don't know if if that's even possible before ti Mm -hmm. at this point unless something opens up well what are your plans so analyst work maybe (laughs)
2: um tsm basically uh they they wanted me to join like in a full official capacity uh but i respective respectfully declined uh they went to Dubai without me because I wanted to use that time to kind of really think about things. This is what I learned from the start of the year. Don't go do something just because you're feeling like the time pressure or mm-hmm. stress. Right. Uh, I really wanted to take the time while they went to Dubai and, and think about things. And I decided that I don't want to coach yet. Um, I am definitely skipping out on a big opportunity because I think they are they have a ton of potential. Um, but I do want to continue playing. It's not going to happen for this season because, like I said, everything with just joining a team's mid-season is pretty hard in general, uh, and it's not something I was really looking for very much. So, yeah, I I still want to play. I still believe in myself, and uh, I've learned a lot, and I've I grew a lot as a player and as a captain. And I think there's a lot more I can offer. I definitely want to make it to TI, Um, but in the meantime. I do want to, you know, I would look to do like analyst work for or possibly casting uh, and just generally engage more with the community, whether it is I I stream or or whatnot. I think just being a part of the community is really important for me, Uh, even though like I've addressed, you know, that there there have been some toxic things, but there's also been a lot of great things with this community. So I'm looking forward to doing that uh, in the meantime, right? I'm still a part of Dota and it's always going to be part of me, so yeah i hope that answers the question you can
1: fill in for cinder and casting anytime you want (laughs) take his job
2: that's Uh, a weird way
0: to say replace shannon let's uh
1: (laughs) yeah true uh what okay this is a general question but i i don't know i've always praised the way that i look at like the captains of dota being the rarest thing like just really fucking good captains like you have I mean OG was kinda weird. I guess I don't know who it is, Seb or No Tail or whatever, but you have Puppy, Kuro, them, you. It's it's such an elite company, and it's seems like like right now I feel like you're the biggest free agent by far. What do you think, though, does it take to be a good captain?
2: Oof, um, <laughs> it's a loaded question in a way. Uh I think a good captain doesn't demand respect; he just earns it. Uh, I think that's a really important quality, because you, you want your team to to respect you the way that you respect them, and you want to be treated you know in a good way. Uh, and some people they might they might try to demand that of their players, and that's not a way that you become a good captain. Uh, the way I see it, so I think it happens naturally to those who who have that within them to be a captain, right? Um, and this can go to anything this could be just doing a really good job in how you help the team individually or or to elevate their performance uh through drafting through replay sessions through just talking to the players It could be so many different things that we can you can do as a captain and uh it's and the other thing is just the ability to to learn uh we're on always gonna be in a journey of learning that's why we love dota in general because. Every time you play Dota, you're going to learn something new every single day. I think that's a quality that all of us Dota players have in some way, but you know, captains really use that to continue learning and improving every single time.
1: Okay, very nice. Okay, and then last question before we get to the trivia. What are your thoughts on the Primal Beast patch? Things that come so to hard. mind are the 25-minute Bracer
0: <laughs> bullshit things like (laughs) 15 minute shards oh
2: yeah oh man
0: and also your thoughts on what didn't change because a lot of people are asking for like major economy changes or map changes the stuff that we didn't get like what do you think is there and isn't there
2: i think first and foremost i I do think it's a, a disappointing patch uh, from like a pro player standpoint, because the game has been the same for a very long time, and even though arguably it's one of the best patches we've ever had in terms of how like stable it is, uh, I did want something else. I did want map changes. Uh, I thought maybe the way the economy works, like making the jungle a little stronger, doesn't really change the game. When you think about it, sure, it's a it's a buff to like Chen and Ench and all these heroes, and you know Dark Troll Summoner is absolutely wild and and broken. But once all that stuff gets kind of tuned, um, we're going to have a very still a very similar game where, like, you, you're always going to find gold right now on the map. Like, there's just so many creeps to hit, which is kind of what we saw with Team Spirit and how they play. They just maximize like crazy. Uh, so that didn't really change. Um, I think Primal Beast, I, I don't know why they keep adding these types of heroes in Dota. Um, you know, like Dawnbreaker, Marcy, just like these strange heroes that kind of have a stun and have to buy BQB to use their abilities. I think his ulti is really satisfying to use. And obviously, like, as usual, they make them into, like, a laning monster. Like Dawnbreaker, they released her. She was too weak. They buffed her. She became a laning powerhouse. Same for Primal Beast. Uh, <laughs> I think... <laughs> We, we could be doing a better job i'm happy it's a it's a non-humanoid though i did mention that on the tweet i was very All happy right. that primal beast is an actual like you know some kind of monster
1: you know with han officially closing doors in july i think it is or june let's get some han heroes ported directly chipper puppet, Kraken, master, puppet master like there's like 10 to 12 that are just god tier
2: flux to completely break the game let's go
1: <laughs> oh not flux no no no
2: yeah <laughs> uh Besides that, I do think, in a way, the most interesting and impactful change they've had is the shard, because it suddenly allows for a lot of like these other heroes that relied on this shard to be picked up earlier, like whether it supports, suddenly, you know, Vengeful Spirit with this new shard might just become a viable support again, even though she's kind of bad in lane. Um, so I do think that's one of the more impactful changes. and. We probably haven't really seen the scope of how big it is because people haven't figured out all the possibilities of things you can do with it. Um, And then, yeah, like, I'm just waiting for people to abuse the Harpy Scout and the Dark Troll Summoner to the absolute maximum. It's like, you remember when you could take over Siege Creeps in Dota with, like, uh, Chen and Ench? Yeah, this is, it's that on, like, Amped Up. It's absolutely insane, this Dark Dark Troll Summoner. Rally
0: is... Yeah. Something. I had a game the other day where I was playing with somebody who had a Dark Troll and then Brood. And we got like nine (laughs) or 10 skeletons for rally, and the spiderlings were dealing like triple damage on towers. We took a lane, minute 15 or something. The tower fell in five seconds. I was like, I couldn't believe it. As I'm playing this game, I just felt dirty almost with that win, like it was stupid. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's probably getting changed, I think a lot of people disagree with the rally thing, like it sounds like you're not a fan at least. Um,
2: no, no, it's hilarious to watch right now since I'm not professionally playing, but if I were, yeah. I would I would find a way to abuse it, that, that's for sure. Uh,
0: if I can pick your brain just a little bit more, I know where, this is a really long interview, but. Um, one of the one of the things that Shannon and I very much disagree on that the community is very passionate about is neutral items. What do you think about them in general as a concept? Just in general, how they work now, uh, what they bring to the game, and how they undeniably contribute to like power creep, right? The game is getting faster and faster over the last few years. You just get a free item, you get more farm, etc. Uh, do you like them? Uh, would you want a different system, or is it good the way they are?
2: So I think... Our initial thought is, especially as Dodo players, we generally are like against any changes. That's like our first reaction, especially as a community. You know, say no to Haunt Trash. Um, But I do think looking back at it, it's a good change. Uh, I think it's it's always fun when they add in a new element to the game that's impactful, but not completely harmful. So there is an element of RNG to this, obviously, because you're not going to get the same items. And certain items are are way too strong. For example, Philosopher's Stone is should just be removed, even though it's like my favorite item. Uh, <laughs> that item in specific is is way too powerful. But I think it's overall a good change, just because of the scope of how it can add new elements to the game. Because I do think you you want to continue building something in the game. You don't want it to stay exactly the same. And this was like a tasteful way of doing it. Shrines, for example were not really a good way of doing it. They mm-hmm. added something to the game, but the ramifications were, were crazy. Like, And then eventually they removed it, thankfully.
1: right. And Let's uh, say we nerfed clear, all... Uh-huh. I was going to say, to be clear, when neutrals came out, I didn't like them either, but they've toned them down a lot since the beginning, mm-hmm. so I'm fine with them now.
0: But Cinder is just a boomer, basically. Right. Uh, I'm just a boomer. But, um, okay, final question about this. Let's hypothetically nerf every neutral item by a third. Is that better or worse for the game? It's hmm. like, Probably. you can... Just to elaborate a little bit, because you, like, you can enjoy the system, appreciate what it does for the game, but then it's also a matter of the magnitude of influence, right? Like, obviously, this is a super loaded question for me. You can tell what I think, right? <laughs> um, yeah. but, I, but I'm curious if... If you think so, I personally don't think the system inherently is bad, but I think they probably do too much in the game for the fact that you get them for free. That's my opinion. So I would like to see them nerfed. uh, All of them basically across
2: the board. I would be okay if they were slightly tuned. I think it would be fine for the game. I don't think it's 100% necessary. Mm -hmm. It's not the first thing I would look at. I would look to remove some of the items, like I mentioned. Um, But. I would be fine with them tuning like tuning them down i think that would be it would be overall good for the game like i don't think it would be significant super significant but it would be a little bit significant
1: all right so with that let's get on to the long-awaited trivia where Cinderin is on a losing streak of infinite amount of times. That's just not true. He also is reusing the same questions because he's not an interesting human being. So let's hope that you Fly are reusing it is. every
0: time. And this time I reused one from one okay, time.
1: Okay, so Cinderin, A long time ago. You Stop should, lying to so, the audience. This one here, I've told Cinderin in the past. We'll see how much he listens to me. Oh, dear. Cinderin. what was Tal's nickname before it was Fly? He was playing position one in Han. I specifically remember it. Oh, I can help. I can give you a slight hint. I don't know how much of a hint okay. it is. Do you need it?
0: Uh, I think so. Three I
1: don't letters. It's okay to admit that you don't know, Cinder, and that you don't listen to me ever. I'm going to go with uh, TAL. Nope. It was <laughs> BOT. <laughs> I don't think you've ever told me I, I'm oh, wait, 100% you sure. So, you oh, actually have. What, what's the story behind BOT?
2: It was play. very simple, actually. I got a, I got a. Back then, you had to pay for accounts, and I got this one from free, for free, from uh, Nova, aka Yasha, the, my first teammate. He just gave me the account, and I just played on it, and that was my name. Uh, <laughs> oh, counter. I, I, nice. <laughs> Okay, I can't get banned anymore. The is <laughs> that's <dead. true>. Um <laughs> that's how that came to be. And the funny thing is, he also was the guy that kind of made me switch into Fly because I used to change my nicknames all the time. I didn't have a stable one. Before that, I was called I was something silly like Schweppes or something. I don't even know. I don't Ooh. know why. Um
0: and Simba later, actually. Oh god, your yeah, good sponsorship. Yeah. But a conflict of interest when you joined EG, I guess.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Uh but basically uh Nova, this guy, he I told him one of the nicknames I used to use was Fly. And he was like, oh, I really like this one. You should switch to it. And he gave me another, like, he just gave me a new account, like bought it for me. And then uh, I was like, okay, I like it more than Bot. Bot was never my name to begin with. So let's go with this one. All
1: right, excellent. Uh, Fly, how many TIs has Cinderin played at?
2: I didn't know I'm getting (laughs) cast. Oh, yes, you're getting
1: trivia as well. Yes, that's part of it.
0: Five, four. Oh, that's generous,
2: man. Yeah, that was generous. Awesome.
1: Oh, so one, four five.
2: one. I appreciate two, that
1: though. Ti one You're two three
2: and six. Six was with error, right? And Kezu? yes, that was escape. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, you guys escaped uh the standings real quick on that one. Thank you, Shannon. Uh, <laughs> You're a good friend. Sindarin, what is one fruit fly cannot live without?
0: Do I got multiple choice on this one. This sounds like a multiple. I don't choice even question. know the answer to this one, so this... <laughs> I didn't give him oh. the answer. <laughs> oh, um, well, he's a gym guy, so banana because it's really good energy. That's probably true. Close.
2: It's close. Yeah. It's actually I'm I'm too much of a hipster now, and it's avocado.
0: Oh, <laughs> all right. Oh, actually, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah, avocado. Yeah, right. I,
2: I'm one of those. Sorry, guys.
0: It's a superfood. It is.
2: Avocado toast is actually just way too delicious, regardless of everything.
1: Avocado is good. All right, Fly, what yes. special day is also Cinderin's birthday? So it's it's a holiday when we say special day.
0: <laughs> you can give a uh, multiple choice if that helps at all. Oh well, you can okay, give a yeah, multiple choice. <laughs> it's your birthday. Hit me up. Uh I think you should do it so that we include, you know, very specific American days and everything.
1: All right. Is it July 4th, the uh, Independence Day of America? Is it Easter? Is it Christmas Eve? Is it New Year's?
2: (laughs) I'll go with 4th of July.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That would have been amazing, but no, it is, in fact, Uh, Christmas Eve or young. That was not even my
2: second choice. I was going to (laughs) go New Year's.
1: All right, last ones for each of you Cinderin, uh, what is fly's favorite all time movie trilogy? Okay um I'm sure Cinderin knows about two trilogies, so pick from the two that you know, Cinderin.
0: is something a trilogy if it has more than three eventually? No no, no? I don't think so okay um. I think Fly would really enjoy Lord of the Rings, actually. I'll pick that. Correct.
1: Okay. Nice. That, I mean, that's everybody's Good favorite choice. trilogy, to be fair. And it's the one that Cinderin... Was your other one, Cinderin, going to be Matrix? Is that why you asked it more than three?
0: Yes. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I was thinking about that one, too. Yeah, because those are the only uh, two trilogies you know about. Like but I is thought. Matrix a trilogy? No, not anymore.
2: And there right, so. would never be my choice. Only the first movie was worth. Yeah, watching. the rest
1: are absolute garbage. All oh, right, damn, last you and one. We could talk about that for days. Fly, huh? what, this is a question that we've reused on every episode. What is Cinderin's dog's name?
2: I have no idea. Okay. Funny give, because give I have they even him... listened to it before. I don't remember. <laughs>
1: <laughs> give him some. Uh... You give him something, give him multiple choice.
0: Alright,
2: so it's,
1: it's named
0: one. after a food. Is it name but it's the Danish word for that food. Is it okay. potato, onion, tomato, or carrot?
2: <laughs> um
0: I'll give you a hint, because I think you know this dog breed. It's a Nova Scotia duck tolling retriever. Do you know those?
2: Okay. How's that a hint? Yes. Well, I mean I don't know if that's a hint, but thing is, I don't know what the Danish equivalents are, but okay. We'll no, just, just the that. English
0: word is good, enough, of course. Tomato? That's incorrect. <laughs> oh,
2: no. it, it is
0: onion. Onion. Oh, no.
2: That's right. I even Danish heard this, man. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Disaster. was well, zero for three. Sind at least gets one, so.
1: Sind, you finally win. Congratulations.
0: You, you get... say finally, I win every time. That's Okay, that's not true. I win sometimes. Okay,
2: well, that brings... movie discussions, you know, just hit me up. I love talking about those. That's true. But I'm a... Sindarin I'm impressed. Tall said he had
0: to. heard of my dog before. I think that's the first guest that even had heard of the name. So that's a.
2: I, Did I, I mishear I that? The episode before I just. That's nice. I don't know. <laughs> there's
1: like <laughs> yeah. a there's like a thirty percent chance we say the word onion in each of our episodes anyway, so it's bound to happen. Okay. okay. Uh, Fly, appreciate you coming on. That was an awesome fucking episode. We appreciate awesome episode, it. Yeah. Uh, is there anything that Thanks you would so like much. to say to all your fans or? Just anything in general to close us out.
2: Mm, just, first of all, thank you guys for having me on. Um, it was it was fun. Uh, I think I, I said a lot of things I haven't really talked about before, so hopefully people find it interesting and, and uh, have more of a deep thinking you know, when they listen to it, not just go to the first comment and be like, haha, uh, I hope you guys give it more thought. Um, and I just want to thank the people who have been you know, positive and helpful during my my journey. Uh, to the fans out there that support me, like just know that your voices matter and your support matters a lot to me. Uh, it really does help you keep going. Uh, you know, our world is filled with a lot of negativity, but there's also a lot of positivity. So hopefully we can all strive towards that as a, as a community and uh, on a personal growth level, we can all strive towards that. So thank you guys out there. And thanks to the people who have been supporting me Also personally, you know, E, my family uh, they're, they're there for me So, uh, yeah, that's, that's it
1: All right, Awesome, well said Thanks again for coming on uh, Until next time Cinder, there's going to be an outro So don't ruin it, okay? Goodbye, everybody <laughs> Until next week We say things that don't mean anything But thanks for yeah. son.